much. And it was like all over the place. So all nice. over the place. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was like I had one of those. He was sh- young. Yeah, it was like it's like being in the front room of a Shamu show. It was like, uh, yeah, and so. Camille's drunk. It's uh, the seals. It's the, he's drunk. <laughs> he's drunk. He's slapping like a seal. Oh, it's no. the drunkest I've ever he's seen. He's clapping it. like Stevie Wonder he's over Stevie there. Wonder. What's happening? <laughs> Look at that. Oh, it's, my God. We've gone off the rails. It's gone. Oh. I was trying to just give Matt some credit. And no, it's a, it's it's a, a beautiful story. Beautiful squirting story. I don't know what happened. God, look at that. Post, post. He's loaded. That is Who gave us this liquor? Because I'm going to send that guy... A bill we have for the no idea. That's no, we don't have no idea. We thanked we him last week. We don't have no idea. We I thanked saying, him last yeah, week. We don't. We don't. We don't have, have no idea. No idea. <laughs> yeah, that's. But I Someone did. That's right. That's a double Twitter. negative. Yeah, we, which yeah. means we have an idea. I believe um, the Camille. We thanked him last week. He sent us two bottles, and we're we're finishing <laughs> yeah, we off the uh, second bottle. Fuck, we got to get rid right of this. Now. We got to get rid of this episode. Yeah. Is this a lost episode? No. No. Are you kidding? This is gold, platinum. In fact. We know of new methods of attack. The Trojan Horse, the fifth column. column. Greetings, and welcome back to another exciting installment of the fifth column podcast. This is your uh, almost weekly rhetorical assault on the news cycle, the people that make it, and ourselves. Did he start? Yeah, no, I just was like, a, I mean, a little more energy. No, okay, go ahead. Keep going. Yeah, I'm not going to restart. Oh, God. A few brief words of warning. This program this typically program features... doesn't have much energy. Interruptions. <laughs> respectful. Moynihan, who's coked out of his skull. <laughs> respectful, nuanced, and well-informed commentary. Obviously, See, lots of interruptions. Strong see, language. Obscure pop culture references. Obscure pop culture references and spurious allegations. I'm Camille Foster of Freethink. This is episode 56, recorded on the evening of May 10th, 2017. James Comey has been fired. Everyone is freaking the hell out. Fortunately, Matt Welch, editor-at-large Reason Magazine, is in the building. Michael Moynihan, national correspondent of HBO's Vice News Tonight, also in the building. Gentlemen, how the hell are you? I mean, Moynihan's just kind of an asshole. Yeah, I just, I'm in a bad yeah, no, I'm sorry. Just I can like, see that. You know, you see, and you made it. That's what I was talking about before. It makes you really grumpy. You're like, I'm you don't. Grumpy. You're like, I'm reading my show, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm just trying to. I'm just uh, determined. I'm t- I'm determined to press on. Yeah, they all know and, that shit. Everyone you know, knows it. All that good stuff. Um. So yeah, we we James Comey. People wanted us into into in the studio. Obviously, we sched- we dropped everything. We scheduled this yeah. evening just for those people so that we could help them through this difficult period. Right. Um, but before we get there, some kid sent yeah. us a tweet, mm-hmm. uh, and he has what's the t- what's the Twitter handle? The Twitter handle is so everyone can this? block him. Actually, no. There's there's like a string of letters. Um, it's <laughs> the, the name tweet. is capitalism cur- <laughs> capitalism um, capitalism cures. Mm. Um, but he's uh, at then I think, G then I believe this. Yeah. G-H-U-T-F. Does it spell something? No, I don't think it does. Is I it an ac- acronym? I've, for like... I've retweeted it, um, or oh. it's tweeted on, retweeted on the fifth column handle. Okay. At any rate, he has a tattoo. There's a, a V there. I don't know if this is a real tattoo. I'm not sure this is his arm. He claims that the tattoo is inspired by this podcast. Then it's true. I so suspect look, it's true. I think that it's a real tattoo. I just think it, he, you know, likes the TV show V or something and is tr- saying, like, ah, he's a listener, too. But I don't think he got a tattoo because of the show. I don't know. The capitalism is in the Twitter handle. He right? got uh-huh. a tattoo because of the show, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> right. Yeah. I got to talk to this guy. I, 
I want to believe it's true. I think it's good. Listen, I was just at the Libertarian Party convention oh, uh, in, in, uh, <laughs> in Florida yeah. uh, where I yeah. talked. Uh, and what's funny is, is this part of your parole? I'm not. I'm not even going to make the following thing up. I came on to talk a couple of minutes after a guy whose name I think was Soul Invictus. Um, who, no, his name is probably Bob. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know. Who uh, gave <laughs> who gave a talk? Uh, it's controversial within the Florida LP uh, because last year he uh, sacrificed a goat on um, on uh, YouTube. Uh, he's also Satanist, uh, and I hope I'm not misrepresenting his views. But this is just generally. What, <laughs> yeah, I don't think he cares about. very much. <laughs> and he was uh, talking about the importance of uh, of of like, making sure the Libertarian Party never gets another single vote <laughs> of zero immigration. I mean, it was basically like if if uh, Gavin McInnes was an unpleasant person. <laughs> <laughs> That's what his speech was like. Um, but anyways, I saw a whole lot of uh, uh, Fifth Column fans there, like super happy. They want to know what we're going on tour. Was the goat uh, guy a Fifth Column fan? Uh, he did not mention that. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, strangely enough. Um, so I assume the answer is yes. Okay, great. Uh, but uh, no, there's uh, there's there's some fans out there. So I just want to shout out to all my friends there. Uh, what were they saying? What do they say? What does a Fifth Column fan say when um when they approach you? Uh, they want to know. Uh, they want they. They like the slurring by the end of the show. That's, that's, <laughs> Depends uh, on the show. What about at the beginning of the show? <laughs> <laughs> Is that all right? Uh, yeah. Uh, a lot of them are uh, Independence fans. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and one thing that's very fun to watch them do is talk to other Independence fans who are standing nearby who didn't realize that the show existed. And there's a whole really? exciting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, this happens all the time. Uh, yeah. No, there needs to be some kind of a hand-holding uh, thing or a, a bridge. Yeah, may- maybe be- an announcement in, uh, in a couple of weeks that will help to, to bring this to yeah, there's, that's, there's, that's the mess we've been, we've been hinting at for a while. I, yeah, I, when, I, when I was late uh, last week. That's racist. <laughs> dark hints. Not late this week. Uh, and I came from an event, and it's the type of event where no one is going to say anything about the fifth column. But I was getting my jacket on the way out, and uh, there was a very nice uh, young uh, Indian woman who uh, said, uh, you know, are you uh, Michael Moore? And I said, yeah, yeah. And, they, and, I, and I was like, it's definitely not going to be normal. Um, it's not going to be like, hey. And it, she's like, oh, I uh, I was a big Red Eye fan. And it's always Red Eye in, in, in New York. It's never anything else. It's always like some person. And it's always in these hushed tones as if they're telling you that, you know, something that's kind of dirty and they don't want to be public and, about it. And did she catch you doing one of your bad Indian accents, too? No, no, uh, <laughs> no! I didn't. She she would be fine with it because she's a Red Eye fan. That's true. Uh, and and there's certain people that don't care about accents because you can you know it's all right. They don't care about the Scottish ones either. But yeah, it was and 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 I told her, informed her that uh, Red Eye had been canceled, and she I was like kind of a test, and she knew, and she was yeah. like, uh, and then she handed my coat back to me. Uh, before we uh, <laughs> before we stop uh, our, uh, our 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 uh, friendly banter uh, here. We should point out because Camille's been bad about advertising this. But oh, the ne- debate next week. Yeah, Camille is this going is to be making the provocative claim that higher education in the United States of America is not inherently racist. <laughs> and you can watch him do this on May sixteenth, I think six o'clock at the Soho Forum. Mm-hmm. Who are you up against again? Uh, I <laughs> kid. His name is Lawrence Ross. He's a professor. He wrote a book called Blackballed, which I've read. Um, which perhaps you'll read before the next time we get together. The anti-fad. But that is not a that is <laughs> not an endorsement. Yes. That's not an endorsement. Uh, but yes, that is uh, next week. It's at the uh, Subculture Theater in did Soho, you like the New book? York. Uh, did I enjoy the book? 
No. Be honest. No, I did not. I disagreed with virtually every every word of the book. Um, and I did not appreciate the fact that most of the substance, the place where I would have placed like substantive arguments to support my principal claim. If you would um, actually be uh, I got unlazy anecdotes. enough to write. Yeah, yeah. A, a book. All I got was anecdotes. Um, and fortunately, those anecdotes, there were hyperlinks in the book <laughs> you could follow because I'm reading on my Kindle that I could follow to go and further investigate ah, these yeah. stories. So not only are they anecdotes, in many cases, it's sort of selective uh, recounting of events, uh, things that were protests at on campuses, which were ostensibly in response to the reelection of Barack Obama, angry white students who were apparently burning things. There were hundreds of students involved. Uh, it turns out that hundreds of students is, we don't know how many of those folks are protesters and how many of those people are onlookers. What, what percentage of these people are spectators? Um, furthermore, when you actually read the story, go beyond the headline and the claim, uh, the initial claim, uh, there are students who say, I'm not sh- I didn't see anything. I mean, I think everyone saw what was happening on social media and came out to see what was going on. Well, it, the book, I'm looking at the book now, it does have a blurb in the back from Mark Lamont Hill. Oh, so, yes, um, yes. obviously. Um, no, and I remember Mark Lamont Hill. Mark Lamont Hill um, once told me uh, in, uh, <laughs> I guess it was in the green room, right? Uh, Huff, he was at Huff, HuffPo Live for a oh. while before that thing went up in flames. And he uh, said to me, and I, I think I was on to talk about Charlie Hebdo. And, um, I, you know, we were having a little banter because, you know, he's friends with Bill Schultz. And he had been on uh, Red Eye. I've been on Red did, Eye with him before. Did O'Reilly for for years. I yeah, think he yeah. Kind of made his name doing he, the O'Reilly I, factor. I think he did. Yeah, yeah. he was kind of a stuntman. Would go on and uh, <laughs> the, the O'Reilly thing. Actually, that's <clears throat> a great description. Yeah. And, well, he and he's also just a, a, a pretty muddled thinker too. <laughs> There's oh. that description. Uh, he wrote a book. I'd use stronger language. He's he's uh, well he's he's the only person uh, who remains that believes Mumia Abu Jamal is innocent, and he wrote a book. Wrote a book about it because I think he's from Philly. Wow! Uh, and um, that, that's and so, a strong statement. Only there are there oh. are there are actually a number of people who simil- who agree with him. M- Michael Moore doesn't even agree with him. Wrote in <laughs> one of his books, uh, like "Stupid White Men" or something. Is like, can we all admit that he probably did it? Well, well this is he wouldn't is, be as popular as he was if he didn't shoot a cop. Yeah, and hence, yeah, yeah, hence exactly. the title though, "Stupid Stupid White." Yeah, he, well, exactly. he doesn't agree yeah. with the obvious truth. Um, who? Yeah, because he's white and he can't. He can't. Who lives up? Who reason. lives up to every stereotype that we but, think about? But I don't want to. But I don't want to give anyone the impression that all I'm going to do at this debate is say you are not engaging in serious arguments here, sir. All you're doing is bringing anecdotes to bear, and all of those various accusations of uh, of racial injustice on campus are fake. They're phony. They're fraudulent. You're That's not, not what I'm going to say. Yeah. No. <clears throat> well, the thing is, is um, when you're you going to say... have to show up to find out. But what when you say, say to this guy, this is the thing you have to be prepared for. <laughs> when you say to him, you're using anecdote. <clears throat> It's it, what you have to be prepared for is, is somebody to come and say, well, no, I'm not going to use anecdote. Here are a bunch of numbers. And those numbers are also phony. Uh, no, I'm aware. <clears throat> so, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know him and I'm not saying he I'm, uses I'm phony numbers. I would, I, have at least, I would have had an expectation that I would at least, at least get the phony numbers at some point in the book, yeah. given that it is voluminous. There are many pages, many citations, and none of them are like data points. But on, on, on these issues, though, yeah. Camille, as you well know, I mean, I, the, the, the new trend is towards books that are kind of anecdote and personal history. I don't know if it's like that. If it's, Is it in the realm of your favorite author? Uh, uh, he he, he shall not be named. Oh TNC? No, no, it's not. Uh, it's, not, it not it's not nearly as, uh, as lyrical. Um, but, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. 
You're just in the Let's, zone. You're we should, we yeah. should return to this theme after the debate. After the knockout. Because, well, we'll see. Maybe, maybe I'll get my ass kicked. The point is— We at least want to create a little bit of tension, drama, for the people yeah. who are going to— And attend. don't give away. Show your cards. And, no. and also the point is we need people to come out because that was very helpful when I uh, wiped the floor with Jonathan Chase it was, yes. to see a lot of people. And it was, uh, it was nice to see a lot of people crowd. come out who are uh, uh, Fifth Column fans explicitly. Yeah, yeah. And this is also important, and it leads to the dark hinting that we keep doing but never really totally following up on. <laughs> the people who run that place were really impressed that we kind of sold out the joint last time. And you don't have to pay money to get in. They just want reservations to, ahead of time. Uh, there's, um, a, there's, a, there's a paid uh, entry thing as well. Oh, yeah. There's like yeah, a, there's the expensive seats where like Stossel out. sat in uh, there so he wouldn't be yeah. out with the, yeah. uh, the cheap yeah, seats. Yeah, Matt? Is it? <laughs> yeah. And there's, and what there's, was the topic of the debate? What was... <laughs> It was uh, it, it, is is Barack was Barack Obama a great president? So you're saying that Barack Obama <laughs> wasn't a great president? We got some shout outs on Twitter from people like uh, uh like oh, the the Yeah, the Stossel is, is good. So you're saying it's yeah. wrong for me yeah. to pay extra to yeah. sit in the front row? Yeah. So uh, the Stossel uh, impression follows a very particular uh, set of rules. Just take something you know John Stossel uh, agrees with and pretend you don't agree with yes. it. Yes. This is a, a very important So you're trip. saying that affirmative action is bad? <laughs> All right, John. We know you think it's... Think it's... Uh, and the final plug, uh, I'm going on Bill Maher on Friday. Oh, uh, yeah. That's right. We're going to go with Killer Mike. Is that right? Uh, yeah, it's Killer oh, Mike and, and the uh, bad, although uh, popular uh, podcast, uh, Jean Favreau, not the film director... Uh, dinner with five guy John Favreau, but the guy yeah. who's Obama's so speechwriter. Obama's yeah, but yeah. He's like a, the hugest podcast in the world. Apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a big one. He's he's got a big following on Twitter. Yeah, yeah I think I've does. interacted with him a few yeah. times. Super big. I mean, when yeah. they when they tweeted out like the guest list and stuff, it was just filled with like, oh, I love John Favreau. And yeah, I'm thinking, who yeah. would actively yeah, love a, John a, Favreau? But I'm it's not a huge podcast. fan of that of that podcast. But Killer Mike, so that's great. I am a huge fan of Killer Mike. Uh, Killer Killer Mike is one of the most uh, you... underrated lyricists on earth. He's um, also one of the most overrated political uh, commentators. Well, During he's, his bu- he's Bernie wrong. Sanders he's day. wrong about a lot of things. Yeah, like he's good on drug war stuff. But I, when when I saw him um, uh, addressing uh, directly addressing at some little meeting uh-huh. uh, Louis Farrakhan and weeping during it wasn't well, that Killer Mike? There's a there's a whole yeah. there's a whole thing his with first... like hip hop and and um, and Louis Farrakhan. Mm. So there's a lot of hip hop. Ice Cube used to don't. What's, you... What is it? Don't uh, condemn the man unless you read the man. What's the the PE lyric? Uh, read him. Yeah, Killer no. Mike. Well, I have. No, 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 I mean, no, yeah. no, no, oh, no, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're talking about Louis Farrakhan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, the, the, the oh. public enemy. I'm trying to bring this back to 1990. As, oh, yeah. As I always yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyways, the first time uh, Killer Mike came on the Independence, he was phenomenal. Because uh, uh, we, uh, uh, Kennedy and I at least didn't uh, have uh-huh. a lot of uh, foreknowledge of him. Yeah. And he, and he started off by explaining to a, what he imagined was a Fox audience the origins of the name Killer Mike. Uh, and then went on, and I think we were talking about like gun control and stuff and cops and police yeah, abuse. Yeah, yeah, And he was, he well, was he's got, as thoughtful and interesting as anyone yeah. that we ever had on that show. Yeah, he's got, he's got nuanced um, perspectives on some issues. On, on other issues, like uh, a lot of the race-related stuff, I, I don't find much of that uh, particularly and there's like there's, there's a new Run the Jewels record, isn't there? So. There's like a new Run the Jewels record every other day. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's yeah. a, a lot of Run smokes the Jewels a lot music. of weed. He's pretty productive. He's very very <laughs> prolific. Yeah. This is a thing with uh, with rappers, rapist. Yeah. You know, Snoop Dogg's pretty productive too. Yeah, yeah. And and high quality stuff, potent stuff. 
but speaking of potent things, it's not much of a segue, but there is a lot of stuff that's happened. Uh, you know, honestly, uh, up until like t- yesterday afternoon, I'd watched like the, the Clapper testimony and I thought to myself, oh, this is me. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to talk about. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Donald Trump, his presidency, the gift that keeps on giving, um, gave us a new story um, by shit canning FBI Director James Comey. Um, unceremoniously, uh, I think is perhaps a bit of an understa- yeah. understatement. <clears throat> Surprisingly, uh, the timing was crazy. Uh, mayhem ensued, which is probably, it should just be boilerplate for all media narratives discussed during the Trump era. era. You just attach mayhem ensued because everyone goes nuts at the at uh, as a consequence of these various things. Um, but in this particular case, the firing occurs days after to- Comey's testimony before Congress. Um, during his testimony, predictably, he was asked many, many questions about Russia's attempts to influence the U.S. election outcomes and more importantly, for most people, uh, about the possibility of connections between Trump and Trump's campaign and possibly current and former Trump-affiliated persons. Um, and this also happened to be the day after uh, Sally Yates, who was had been much talked about. There was a lot of anticipation about her testimony before Congress. It's the day It's the day of that testimony. So by the evening of that day, you get this guy getting fired who is, uh, of course, uh, leading an investigation um, into whether or not there is any sort of collusion between <laughs> kind of a bad the look. Trump administration. So <laughs> a bad look. But from Trump's standpoint, if we are you know, reading the media narratives afterwards, there are people in his administration who have on background talking to The New York Times, as, as administrations do, saying we didn't think this would be a big deal because in the past, Democrats have expressed their contempt and loathing for James Comey in different circumstances. Uh, We didn't think this was going to be a big deal. And um, of course, we've got a a statement out of the Trump administration, which we can maybe uh, excerpt a little bit later. We will, in fact, read a little bit of it um, because it's amazing. Um, But gentlemen, I I wonder if you are as concerned um, as Chuck Schumer, um, who suggests that most Americans at this point have to be wondering whether or not the reason that James Comey was fired from his job was because he was getting too close. This is effectively a Nixonian move to take out the top man so that you can derail the investigation into your own White House. Those two things can exist and not, and you don't have to agree with both of them. Which two things? It is Nixonian in, Uh in a sense, which I think is probably right. And I don't know if Donald Trump did this because he believed they were getting too close to the story. Um, I don't I don't everyone is presuming that. And look, that could likely have happened. I mean, Comey the, on Monday apparently asked for more funds to keep this investigation going. Right. The FBI's source uh, reported that. In the, the FBI it was reported in The New York Times. It's and been vociferously de- denied, denied by, yeah. by, by the FBI. And I don't like here's when you think of the of the personality of Donald Trump and you see the time story today it was actually a good time story. The only person quoted on the record was, of course, Roger Stone. We have they even note we don't know, you know, if he talked to the president, uh-huh. uh, uh, you know, uh, Trump they've, says he they've been listening it. to the fifth column, I suspect. Possibly. Um, nobody ever knows because because uh, Stone is a, a relentless and ridiculous self-promoter who likes to inflate his own importance. And it's likely he he, he talked to Donald Trump or talked to somebody as, as some sort of cutout to Donald Trump and says, yeah, we should f- f- fire Comey. But. According to the Times article, he had been on this for some time, um, wanted to do it at the beginning of his administration, and was restrained by Bannon, according to the Times. Jared Kushner, all of these people said, yeah, go ahead. Um, And then Bannon said, no, we should fire him, but just wait 
until some of the smoke clears, and then we can do it. That suggests something to me. And the thing that it suggests is that I don't necessarily know if this is, well, he's getting so close to the story, let's get, let's get rid of them. Because think of it this way. The FBI is not one man. There's an enormous apparatus that is actually doing this investigation. If they're getting close to a story, it's going to come out anyway. It doesn't matter who's on top. You can put Rudy Giuliani there. It doesn't make a difference. They, this stuff will leak out. Everything in Washington is a very, very leaky sieve at the moment. Knowing what we know about Donald Trump's personality and from this Times article, it seems that even the opposite quite could be true. If there's nothing there and this guy's hammering away on it and he's so pissed off about, you know, we're going to deeper, we're going to go further. And he's like, you know what? You know, screw you guys. Get rid of him. Uh-huh. That, that's a possibility, too. We don't know. But it seems to me from from some of the reporting and from just knowing, you know, Trump's you know weird instincts is that he is fed up with the guy, doesn't like him and decided to fire him and didn't think about political timing didn't think about Archibald Cox and Leon Jaworski and all these parallels that we see. It's just this is a little twitch that Donald Trump had because he doesn't he, he's like, I dislike this guy. Let's get rid of him. Yeah, it's not necessary to believe in Louise Mensch theories yeah. to think that the way this was done uh, was, was was obviously wrong and bad and that there needs to be built in some extra protection for whatever remains of this investigation in this investigation, which I think is widely mischaracterized as like, you know, it's it's an investigation to see whether the Russians colluded with Trump to throw the election. That's right. not really what the investigation right. is. It's kind of an open ended investigation to see what's going on with these ties. And that, what, that is that is among the things that they are and whether it, it, it leads anywhere. But the White House. Tonight, and we're speaking on Wednesday, released a a very comical timeline uh, of events here, which uh, was uh, president over the last few months, uh, had uh, lost confidence in Comey. After watching his testimony on Wednesday, he was strongly inclined to remove him, convenes a meeting on Monday with the attorney general and deputy attorney general, uh, and they talked about uh, removing the director. Um, So that's when he told Sessions uh, and uh, what's his face, Rosen, whatever, uh, uh, Rosen, Rosen, um, Rosen, 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 this is all Fletch references. This is not, this is yeah, not rank yeah, anti-Semitism yeah. yet because it's only the first hour. Yeah, um, more, more alcohol first. Uh, like, go give me some rationale to fire him. Uh, and so Sessions, who, as Jacob Sullivan pointed out in recent today, had praised Comey for the exact same things that he was f- ended up firing him for uh, back last year, um, concocted these reasons. Oh, it's just terrible that the way that he handled the Hillary Clinton emails. Uh, and so then the next day uh, he fires him. Uh, and in that firing letter with the totally insane, um, you know, I appreciate I, that yeah, three I, times yeah. that you cleared my name yeah. um, <laughs> before the yeah. cock crowed on the third day. Yeah. Uh, uh, totally bananas, uh, insane stuff. And the, 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 the exact quote being, while I greatly appreciate you informing me on three separate occasions that I am not under investigation. I nevertheless concur with the judgment of the Department of Justice that you are not able to effectively lead the bureau. And the reporting on this is that Trump was growing absolutely infuriating, infuriated watching television and seeing that this story was still in the news and felt like Comey wasn't doing enough to make it go away uh-huh. and, and to stop talking about it. Sure. Um, and so you can think, I mean, as Moynihan points out, you can think that he's totally guilty or you can think that he's totally innocent. Either way, that's a president watching fucking TV yeah. and freaking out and yeah. therefore firing somebody and then asking his own subordinates 
uh, you know, who have recused themselves from the fucking Russia investigation yeah. to go ahead and fire him. The whole thing stinks and is also totally predictable. And my level of scorn here, um, as always, is with uh, the recent commenters who disagree with me on this, uh, but also uh, with the constitutional conservative uh, members of the U.S. Senate who are like defending him or giving yep. him. Uh, Rand Paul is out there <laughs> mocking. Uh, using this really childlike thing that Mitch McConnell and Trump have, has, have used of like, oh, the Democrats hated Comey, so they should totally be happy. Doesn't matter. As if that's ridiculous. the yeah. fucking thing that matters. Yeah. I mean, this is really seventh grade level intellect here. And it's not, you know, I mean, to be clear about it is that it's it's not illegal. What he, he did, he has the power to do. Exactly. And it is unseemly. It is, I mean, it is redolent of somebody who has something to hide, whether or not he does have something to hide. And this is just, it shows you what kind of mindset that the guy has. Will, you know, if something irritates him, he's going to, you know, use his executive power, which uh -huh. is something that, you know, conservatives have been, you know, whinnying and whining about for the past eight years to achieve, uh, you know, some, a result that he, I can do it right now. I, I'll sign an executive order. I will fire him. I, you know, it is, I mean, t the, t for people to say that, well, he's fired three people. Um, that were investigating him is, is a bit. It's, it's a it, bit much. It's a bit much. It's, yep. it, it, you know, it's technically true, uh, but you know, this one is actually consequential. Uh, who will replace him is also disturbing beyond the Russia investigation. If you have, you know, America's top cop being Rudy Giuliani, I mean, that's problematic for 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 a number of reasons. Um, I just, you know, there's a number of strands in this that 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 you know should terrify people. But of course, um, our comrades in the media are focusing on the wrong things. And they, they tend to, you know, you, you have this instinct to, to look at this in a more sober way, because if you spent last night on Twitter, you just saw people passing out at their keyboards because they were hyper hyperventilating so bad. I don't believe this presage is fascism. I do. But I mean, I saw someone say fascism comes in stages. This is one of the stages. No, I mean, I don't believe that that's true at all. Uh, but it's like a launch rocket. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I suppose. But I mean, it. Uh, I was in the quiet car on the way back from uh, D.C. last night. And I had this old guy next to me, looked like a very D.C. guy sitting there. We didn't talk to each other. Khaki pants. Khaki Navy pants. Blazer. Navy blazer. Uh, pleated. Uh, <laughs> didn't we didn't say anything to you know each other because it's a quiet car. And then his phone things and he looks up. <laughs> And he whispered, I'm no, we haven't talked at all. No idea. Yeah, I could yeah, be. Yeah. And he's like, did you see this? And oh shows me the phone. And it's like, Comey Friday. I'm like, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. we're whispering on a train car about a coup happening or something. Just, just go, shh. Yeah, shh. Next yeah. Time. Excuse me. Shut up. It's the quiet car. But it's the quiet car. Call me or not. Stop <laughs> fucking talking to me. I was talking on the phone with a congressman when this happened. And it was at the tail end of our uh, conversation. Uh, name that's right. dropper. I'm not going to drop the name. because yeah, what, what, what did the con congressman say? Uh, I, I, naming names. I, I forget whether it was me or him. I'm guessing it's probably me who said, oh, shit, you know, really. But, um, uh, yeah, he uh, he's like, this is a... Uh, this is happening right now, so I guess I gotta go figure out what's going on. It was, but yeah, but was 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 he uh, alarmed? Uh, did he? Yeah, see? I mean preliminarily, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, yeah. and I mean, there's there's weird. Like, it's weird. There's been a fair there's it's been a bad. fair amount of there's been thing. a fair amount of alarm. And and look, I do you think it's not alarming? Here's, of course not. Well, well, here here we are. Um, you use the word racist. you use the word terrifying. Um, I I'm going to uh, return to an old standard. Um, and say that it is, and this is not directed at you, but sort of the broader kind of. media landscape and journalos, uh, that it is not as bad as you think. 
and in another respect, it is worse than you could possibly imagine. Start uh, with the worst. And and well, no, let me start with the not as bad as you think. Don't tell me what to do. I start start <laughs> start with the worst. White supremacy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I begins in the I home. think. Yeah. I think. No idea what I'm thinking. About. <laughs> I can't say because there's a microphone in front of me. I think that there is the there is crime. something there's something rather odd um, about the the level of outrage related to this particular story. Like the investigation continues. It's not as though it is derailed by replace by firing this one guy, which a guy who he totally had the the right the ability legally to fire. Um, Part of the issue here seems to be that, oh, my God, this is so inexplicably stupid. Yeah. Like, did you read that letter? Who writes a letter like that? Why would, he in, why would he insert that phrase there? This is consistent yeah. with everything that we have come to ex- – should have come to expect from Donald Trump at this point. This is an Occam's razor situation here, people. It is entirely possible, I suppose – on some planet in some version of this universe that what is actually happening here is some vast Russian conspiracy orchestrated carefully by Vladimir Putin. I think what's much more likely is that this is Keystone Cops or more, more appropriately, perhaps Veep, like the real life version. This is Bullworth. This is exactly what you should expect from this kind of administration. I where, hope that means where that they Trump starts rapping. They don't know. <laughs> it, might, it might happen. He has right before he dies. Um, I'm not wishing death on the man. I don't wish death on anyone. And then he I'm gets nice to have guy. sex with what's her face. <laughs> oh gosh, Ooh, Halle Berry, right? I think Halle Berry was yeah. in that movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, Go watch it again. It's the most racist movie I've ever <laughs> seen. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. It's not racist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what is that? Is that on the checkerboard? Or <laughs> yeah, the bingo board. Yeah. Let's try it again. Birth of a Nation. That's <laughs> not racist. Classic American cinema. <laughs> yeah. The um, Klan. It can it actually be both in that particular case. Um, but but seriously, I mean, isn't isn't that the simplest explanation here? That it's 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 inexplicable, but it's about par for these particular numbskulls who didn't know where Comey was when they fired him, reportedly. Reportedly sent someone to deliver this letter to Comey. Comey finds out about it while he's sitting um, in an event with other people, initially thinks it's a joke. They haven't cleared it with anyone. They they seem right, to so have believed, a, and, and I don't know why we wouldn't believe them. It's an act. We seem to, they seem to have believed that no one would care because Democrats didn't like Comey. And there were people like Schumer who had said before that they had lost confidence in the man. Yeah, this is exactly what I would expect them to do. And it is hardly the most terrifying thing in the world. Um, and before I, get to the, before I get to the worst that you <laughs> yeah. can imagine part, sure. um, take contrast it with the coverage that we've seen of the crisis that's unfolding in Venezuela right now. The, the degree to which people are willing to employ euphemism and offer sort of careful, nuanced coverage. In fact, it's so careful that it's almost embarrassing. Like when I see the, the, the phrase like quasi-democratic used um, in Venezuela, that's progress because right. for a good while they were just calling it democratic. Yeah. Um, I think that is obscene. I think that is worth flailing and getting really, really excited and agitated about. Um, I think that wild speculation about whether or not we should suspect as a consequence of this firing that now we have proof positive that why there is, is something a, why horrible Why does it always got to be wild speculation? I'm, I'm saying that there is, in fact, wild speculation Of course, but why does that and have to be the thing that you're, you're uh, fighting against at all, why, at all times? Because that is 
a part of the zeitgeist sure. right now. And quite frankly, it is the, the dominant. Zeitgeist, zeitgeist the dominant, don't hold power. Donald Trump holds power. Dominant, what is that's he doing? That's true. But he holds power, and the only way to properly check him, the only way to properly remain informed, is to actually have a well functioning press, one that is not hysterically obsessed with phony, idiotic narratives, one that is not chasing its own tail, manufacturing stories, not carefully reporting on things, but doggedly going after things that are seem sort of spurious in many cases. Here's the, here's that the flaw is, in your logic. I think that is a portion of the problem here. Here's the flaw and I think it's logic. worth pushing back against that and saying what we do need, absolutely, we have a system, right? that has checks and balances, that there are the three branches of government in the past when um, the former uh, director of the FBI was serving out his 50-year tenure, half century. Um, there was a fourth branch of government then. Fortunately, we, I think we're kind of down to three at this point. Yeah, two and a half. There's a, yeah, two and a half because Congress has abdicated many of its responsibilities. As they are doing in this but case that's what I'm in saying. the name of your Precisely anti-media right. bullshit. And what, but what I've been saying is that we do need Congress to play its role here. I think we can have a restrained, thoughtful person say it's absolutely appropriate to remember that Congress has the responsibility to approve the nominee for the position that has just been vacated. And they sure as shit shouldn't allow some Trump stooly crony to come in and take the job. That would be a mistake. I think yeah. Stooley is a guy who who tells uh, who tells secrets. Yeah, but, probably, but, Cooley, but a crony, probably, but a crony yeah. is the word. Cooley yeah. is a Jamaican Comey, in Jamaica. Crony. What we yeah. would what we would say uh, in reference to someone who is from India. From India? Yeah, yeah. Cooley, right. man. Your problem <laughs> here Cooley. is you use the word and uh, uh, roll the tape back uh, uh, two and a half minutes. We're not going to do that. Go uh, ahead. I no 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 no. Uh, um, to the listeners, um, <laughs> use the word only. Did I? You did. I don't even know what you're talking about. You made that only what. Uh, in that the uh, the only way that we can do fill in the blank is if we have X and Y in, in media. That's I was getting a little carried away. Yeah, that's a little anti hayeking if we're being honest. There's there's never one true way. That's uh, good. Yeah, look, I I think that, that what, one it's an important mechanism. Okay. You know, I mean, to Matt's point, I I agree that you know this he's the president and he holds power. Agreed. And um, you know the the Russia investigation is all of this is based on speculation and very sort of targeted leaks and then sort of vague leaks, opaque leaks sometimes. And something is happening, right? They, they have this. They're not going forward with this investigation with the vigor and rigor that they have been for no reason whatsoever. I don't believe that. And I think there's enough leaking from the FBI. Look, I don't think it's in the Luis Mensch way. You have a foreign power that is absolutely trying to influence the election because that's what foreign powers do. The United States does it itself. Mm -hmm. And I think that you're probably going to see that that was, if anyone cared about the Macron email leaks, that was probably something that came from the FSB or GRU or some collusion with Russians. Um, Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. So, I mean, I would hope that the FBI would vigorously investigate this. It is very curious when you have people, I think that as I've said a million times in the show before, that a nobody in a non-entity like Carter Page is probably one person that they are interested in. I think Roger Stone is certainly another one. There was a, a New York Times story. And Flynn. 
Flynn and, is and, a curious case. And, and, yes. and, and Flynn is a curious totally. case. Just in terms of the initial nomination, and then also there was that 18-day gap or whatever it yeah. was in between that they were informed. Like, he's not only is he a nutbag, which mm-hmm. everyone knew. He's a liability. He's a liability, yeah. and it took him a while. Yeah. Also, also the kind of, again, sloppy bullshit that you would expect to see from this particular administration. Correct. I mean, yeah. that, and, and if you want to argue that that sloppiness is potentially problematic is in fact perhaps even imperiling the safety of the country that right now the intelligence apparatus is not working as well as it should that the people who are supposed to be helping to keep us safe ostensibly are are don't believe that the president has faith in them um that we are eroding the credibility of our institutions which has some benefits as well as some drawbacks perhaps um I could accept those arguments and that their incompetence is creating those problems. But this is not dissimilar from an executive order that is so badly drafted by people who don't know anything about government that it can't possibly work. I I was on MSNBC uh, uh, talking about this on uh, on Monday and got screamed at by a Democratic – Guy, when I just pointed out, hey, look, you know, I, I, I fundamentally agree with you, Camille. Like, I, I suspect that there actually isn't a pot of Democratic gold at the end of this rainbow in terms of the Russia Trump connection. It might be because I lack the imagination to fully like understand or think that that could happen, and, and the will and necessity <laughs> to but, believe. But like at at the end of it, right now, this administration is considerably more anti-Russian. I think. Than the previous one. Uh-huh. So, like, what did what what did they right make? now? Go yeah, on. for sure. And I, look, I, the basic the basic component here is that somebody was investigating the FBI was investigating the the administration's ties to a hostile foreign power, and as they ramped up this investigation, um, according to multiple sources, they tried to fire him, uh, you know, out of the gate in January. Decided it was not politically expedient at the time. The guy, maybe it'll go away, too. The guy keeps knocking on it and, you know, is, is talking about it on Monday, right? And, and you know, Trump turns the TV and sees this. Um, and he fires him. And he, and, you know, he fired him because of that, as far as we can tell. And they do themselves no, um, uh, they, they do themselves an enormous disservice by putting out a statement that says it's because we feel unbelievably bad for Hillary Clinton this, when a few this days is an ago. Important point. Yeah. And, you know, it's like when you say that, you collapse all credibility. It's not even within the realm of possibility. Even Roger Stone said so, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, not, Roger it's Stone not who wrote excuse. a book about, about how she's a murderer. Yeah, and and about how uh, yeah. Chelsea Clinton is Webster Hubble's daughter. And yeah, yeah. I mean, you have a mentally ill guy in in you know in Miami um, calling you up and saying, "I think we should fire this guy." There's all sorts of problems with this. I mean, if you're if you're still at this point taking the advice of uh, Roger Stone, who's seriously a nutbag. I mean. He, it's not like I mean, Roger wasn't kidding when I talked to him and he said, I'm working on a book about how Hillary Clinton killed John F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, and, you know, he blew up. She blew up the plane. And I was like, that's that's crazy. And he's like, no, it's not. It's actually true. And, and he was like and he gets very serious and leans into me and says, have you read my book, Michael? Have you read it? And I'm like, no, but I know it's fucking crazy. <laughs> it's like I haven't I haven't read all books that claim that the Holocaust never happened, but I'm a pretty firm ground in saying that it did. You've read most of them. I've read most of them. Yeah. Now, <laughs> like these people, like this is the administration. And this is a guy who has. So we have a we have a story in the New York Times. The New York Times might want to point this out. Uh, and the guy, the only guy is quoted on the record defending this action, basically, you know, essentially defending it, you know, on the merits that we know why he did it because of Russia who is 
literally being investigated for his contacts and got very weird when that first came out and was kind of hedging his words and everything and has a Richard Nixon tattoo on his back mm -hmm. and started his career in the Nixon administration and has posters all over his uh, apartment wallpapering it of Richard Nixon. I mean, and to say this isn't Nixonian is look who's quoted in the New York Times story about it saying, I made a call to Donald Trump and told him to do this. The man who is Richard Nixon's biggest fan in America, remaining fan in America, you know, Roger Stone. I mean, this is, it smells, it stinks. You can't do it. It's, and, if, and if Republicans in Congress had any sense about them, and I didn't know the Rand Paul thing, it's disappointing to hear, is it a guy who has made a career bucking whatever the mainstream of um, Republicanism was at that moment, if they put on a united front, I saw Ben Sass came out almost immediately. With ben Sass was ben good. Sass. Jeff Flake was Jeff what, Flake was good. I mean, but these like it's the same guys all the time. Not these, you know, you know, Harlan Pepper types. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, they, Hillary Clinton wanted the same thing. Go fuck yourself. You, who cares if Hillary Clinton wanted the same thing? Of course she did. I mean, she blames, as she did recently, wrongly, uh, uh, Comey for derailing her campaign. If she won, she'd probably have less of a beef. So maybe she wouldn't think that if on January 20-something she was walking into the Oval Office. Maybe she wouldn't have cared about Jim Comey. She does because she lost. I mean, it's kind of a stupid analogy. Well, everyone yeah. has gone back and forth on this, haven't they? I mean, at different, at different points, Democrats were all too happy to have Mr. Comey come out and clearly state um, that, well, yeah, I mean— there were some rules that were broken, but we're not going to be pressing any charges against Ms. Clinton. Put this thing to bed. Yeah. And at that point, uh, and I actually went and looked at the uh, Google trends to see, well, is anyone searching for Hillary in emails? I mean, this is, we're talking about what, June of yeah. last year June when July, Comey yeah. actually yeah. both sent the open letter and then subsequently testified before Congress and talked about the fact talked about this letter and completely eviscerated her i mean what it's funny like in the popular imagination and with nate silver who keeps hitting this although it's been contested i think by uh nate cone i hope i'm not mad. yeah there's a battle of the nates the on battle this of nates yeah. on, on this about the, about the uh, effects of the october 28th thing um yeah he's still fighting that fi fighting that whole battle right uh, now actually uh i this is my uh and i'm no nate let's let's be honest about that uh but like it's interesting to me I remember that uh, Jim Comey thing well, and I'm sure we talked about it on the show when he uh, ch uh, explained the rationale for not prosecuting Hillary Clinton. Yeah. That was probably the most effective anti-Hillary Clinton 30 to 60 minutes uh, I've ever seen anyone do in 30 years. Um, mm -hmm. it, it talked – it broke down – and Reason has a great video uh, of this uh, – as it broke down – Six very specific, concrete lies that she had told about uh, the way that she handled her emails. Just brazen, awful, stupid we lies. Tend, we tend to forget that, by the way. And, and you can have a debate about the level of importance it should have been given by the press mm -hmm. or the level of importance that it should be given in your own mind, whether it was actually, you know, that much of an issue. But... It is important to remember that the woman lied about it. She pretty lied consistently. Her face constantly off about it. and consistently. I mean, it was awful the way that she lied about it. So that's what happened in July. But the re Republicans were the ones who were pissed off about it because he didn't get to the conclusion that they wanted. And then in October 28th or whatever, and, and uh, he announces that they're going to look at the Anthony Weiner thing. I don't really know how many people at that moment. I'm just nobody. Uh, I mean, not from a measurement point of view, but just from like sitting down, like suddenly that thing was it, the it, tip. It, that it, was it, that it, was what turned. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's as, not plausible. As yeah. a matter of, 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 I think, fact, 
late breakers in this election went towards Trump, but they didn't uh-huh. only go towards Trump from Clinton. They went really, really heavily towards Trump from Gary Johnson as yeah. well. Hmm. So what explains that? They The people who wanted to throw a brick through a glass window, they went towards Trump. He was definitely not establishment. Hillary Clinton definitely was. And if you thought it was going to be close and you just wanted to fuck the establishment one way or the other, you went that way. I think that was a much more it, motivated right. driving right. factor than whatever right. James Comey said in October 20th. You know, it's one of these things that the the Nates of the world, Nate Cohn, Nate Silver, I mean, these people that Can were- we get a rule of three on Nates? <laughs> gonna... uh, who's the other Nate? Nate Dog. Nate, uh, <laughs> Nate Tiny Archibald from the 80s Boston Celtics. Um, but Nate Led Dog. the league in scoring and assists. I, it was, it, How it, many people do that? Uh, but the thing about this is that the Nates- who are so fantastically wrong about everything, and especially at this that's, election. It's pretty strong, man. Yeah, Not well, look I, no, look, I mean, just look at 538 and, and those meters the day of the election. And also in, in you know, it's not even the Trump stuff. It's not the Bradley effect kind of thing. If people, well, I mean, I'm mean, going talk about that they're voting for Trump because they're embarrassed. But this is local elections, too. This is, you know, uh, I mean, it's all across the board. I mean, go look back at that stuff. Screenshots on that day. And I mm-hmm. posted a couple of them mm-hmm. that day, mm-hmm. particularly one Wisconsin election, which was 98 percent going one direction and went the other way. But, you know, not Trump stuff. But the one thing that these guys can never do because they're obsessed with numbers, they're obsessed with trends. They miss the entire bigger picture. When I was talking to uh, Trump voters who essentially wanted to vote for Bernie Sanders, too. And this was like two dozen people and not they I didn't meet them because they I found them because of this. It was just random. And it was just a bunch of Trump voters. And it was a thing that I was doing. And they all said, oh, we love Sanders. And, and, you know, he didn't make it through the primary because Hillary is a liar and a cheat. And uh, we voted for Trump. And I asked them, like, you you couldn't vote for Hillary. Your, Your union supported Hillary. And they're like, oh, I mean, everyone. And they couldn't be specific about it. And they, none of them talked about emails. This is actually true. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, she's just like, you know, her husband. They're just crooks. They're crooked. And, you know, I don't buy it. And I, I don't want a, a crook like that, a Washington insider crook in the White House, et cetera. And press them for more specifics. Nothing. They don't nothing. know. Yeah. But this is an accumulated feeling about Hillary Clinton right. from 1992 today. So to say, like, oh, the emails, it's like you're missing the way people feel yeah. about the Clinton family and specifically about her. And it's like, okay, so what is it? What is the thing? And they're like, well, you know, she's just kind of a fraud. She's just like a, a you know, a, a, a liar. And, you know, she they always mention Bill enabling him. No one ever talked about the emails. And I'm sure that if you press them, they'd be like, yeah, I remember that email shit too. But to them, it wasn't a singular event. It was just the button on a career of corruption and like, and, and it's not whether I agree with that or not. It's a completely different thing. And it's again, just getting and, the sense of what people think about her. And again, at the beginning of the email thing as a story, she lied her face off demonstrably. That's and exactly James right. Comey showed that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, I, I know there's a couple of things here. Um, First, Nate Silver, I don't know if we talked about this last week, but he has been running this series like since the conclusion of the election where he kind of goes back and revisits these things. And I think it was about two or three weeks ago that he had a piece. Um, it might have been two weeks ago. Um, the Comey letters probably cost Clinton the election. Uh, and at one point in the article, he asks, so why, why can't we admit this? Why can't the media allow themselves to admit this? Um, and, and I thought back to my, my economics courses uh, in undergrad and this, this helpful phrase, all things being equal, um, which is very elegant and simple, short, um, but it carries a lot of weight because it says all of the damn things being equal. Which well, what, are, what are all of the things? 
How do you know mm -hmm. that you are not controlling for something that is yeah. that is relevant and important and an mm. also also a relevant consideration for him? You say all things being equal, you just look at the timing for when the email was released and then you start to look at the, the poll. And is it climbing at that point? Well, then there we are. Proof positive. And, and not to oversimplify. Clearly, I suspect he has done uh, a more sophisticated regression analysis than this, but it's hard to say. Um, and, it, and it reminds me, Matt, of something that I think you were saying earlier when we were talking about the, um, the, the first Comey open letter um, and the fact that in the open letter, Comey is just he is plastering her, calling her out for all the various ways in which she has failed. But okay. ultimately, what happens in the letter is he says, we're not going to press charges. And I remember what the coverage looked like in response to that. And from predictable sources, what you actually got was... FBI not pressing charges against Clinton. That is the headline, and it's over. And for most people who read the news, like honestly most people, like that is all they got. Yeah. And the rest of the detail is completely unimportant. Um, some of us pay attention to the detail, and we try to keep track of these things and dig a little deeper. But even we occasionally see the headline, and that's the thing that sticks. That's um, always the case. I mean, there's another so, studies about that. And, it, yeah. and it's, it's yeah. worth noting that that's probably the way that read in certain circles. In other circles... It was, well, this is pretty damning. How do you make a case like this and not indict her? Yeah. Which is precisely what one Donald Trump said about Comey <laughs> at that particular moment in time. Shouldn't, and then, people and then late, been, so. shouldn't people have been annoyed, by the way, those people now that are constantly nattering on about how the Russians clearly are trying to hijack America's democracy? Shouldn't they, you know, which, of course, they, they said that after the election, shouldn't they go back and say, yeah, it's probably a bad idea to have a private email server in a shed in Montauk. <laughs> like, you know, because if they're trying to influence the election, they're going to find that thing, uh, which I suspect they did, and then sucked all the, the, the emails out of it. I mean, it's, it's incredible. I mean, look at the thing is, everyone is a hypocrite on this issue. Hypocrisy is not, it, it is irrelevant to what Donald Trump did, whether it's correct, morally correct, and the smart thing to do, you're under investigation. The man who's leading that investigation uh, you fired him after previously pra praising him. That bit of hypocrisy is actually relevant because you're the one who's firing him. They're, uh, one of the virtues of being an idiot uh, outsider libertarian is that you don't get to the immediately to the fire Comey place because this outcome was in this way uh -huh. or the fire Comey place because this outcome is in the other way. You can get there just by being kind of an ANCAP and say that oh, everybody should be fired and we should dismantle <laughs> yeah. the FBI, yeah. Yeah. which I'm sure- Don't uh, look at me yeah. when you say that. Yeah, I'm Matt. totally yeah. looking at you. Yeah, your ANCAPism is, is uh, I think it's starting to fade a little bit. Do you think so? I think so. I yeah, no, so. no. I'm, I'm, no, no. We've, I'm had, a we've, had, we've had too I'm many a neocons here. I'm a pragmatist. Speaking of which, Jamie Kerchick- Getting <laughs> okay. our last can, week's can, guest. <laughs> can, can can we get? Um, I uh, read this in a meeting today. Um, uh, we we talked about this a while. So is it okay if I tra trans transition? This one, very quick why don't thing? you do that? I will defend myself from the no 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 about my my end capness. No no no. That's not something you want to defend. The third hour. Yeah, but I definitely want to come back to not this in particular, but segue to to Clapper Assange. We'll get there, but let's stop. Well, actually, we can we can do a a nice transition here because I think there's some relationship. Kirchick's an Assange hater. Yeah, he's an Assange hater. So, Jamie Kirchick was here last week. Was it last week? Um, talking about his book, The End of Europe, which he Yale... Did, he did a fine job. He did a fine job. Yale University published. My opinion on ja Jamie's uh, politics, I think Jamie softened quite a bit over the years. He used to be a real bomb thrower. Um, he uh, is less than... The last piece he wrote, actually, 
that I saw was on uh, the Daily Beast attacking Milo. He's been a real anti-Trumper. Actually, you must have loved that piece because it was against British chancers yeah, who yeah, come to yeah, the U.S., yeah, which yeah, is like a Moynihan's specialty. Yeah, I love the the chancers. Oh, my God. Mystifying people with their accents at home would identify them as a bus driver here's like oh my god you're so smart it's like see i don't, yeah, I, don't, I, don't actually, about, yeah. I don't actually think that you're racist uh michael as you well know but like i think you're racist against british people. i i mean That's if it's not racism if it's a, whatever yeah i'm nationist against uh the people of the united kingdom maybe i'm empirist but so jamie um is on the show he writes this piece it was a fun funny piece about british chancers um, particularly about uh, Milo, Milo, and, uh, Louise, Louise Mensch, and Pierce Morgan, and Pierce Morgan as a recurring character. Yeah, and just like you know, three people that are pretty easy to dislike. Um, so, so Jamie's not really fits into this ideological box in a lot of ways. I think he's probably less of a neocon than he was in the past. But regardless, he is going to promote his book at DePaul University, and um, this was posted by somebody at DePaul. Um, about Jamie's uh, speech tomorrow. So if you're around DePaul University tomorrow at 5.30, uh, James Kerchick uh, will be talking about his new book. Tomorrow and being Thursday. Thursday. Day, so yeah, yes. I mean, today, when you're listening to this, I hope, um, and this is the post, DePaul queer and trans family, Milo 2.0, and then there's a parenthetical. <laughs> By the way, I, if you call Milo 2.0, don't put a parenthetical that that apologize for, is for it right afterwards. Okay, Milo.5, he's not alt-right, which makes this harder, uh, is happening here tomorrow at 5.30. Turning Point DePaul uh, is bringing James Kerchick, a white Zionist neoliberal journalist, <laughs> to hmm. speak on shit he knows nothing about. The most important thing there is white. That's why that yeah, indictment of course. comes now, it's neoliberal. Really, really weird that is no, Just now, like, replace neocons. Ra now. Yeah, yeah, that's because yeah, the neocons are basically dead in government. Or getting... Uh, yeah. Bribed by certain. Maybe. Yeah, we'll talk about that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's an interesting one. He, he's going to talk to speak. This is a student, by the way, who apparently knows everything. Uh, <laughs> soft brains. They're being formed uh, to speak on shit. He knows nothing about dictatorships and Islam, enemies of LGBTQ rights. If you feel that is the name of the event, uh, I don't know. Maybe no. okay. might be. I don't know yeah. if you feel safe doing this. Can you believe that? If you feel safe doing this. We will be turning up to counter, and I invite and ask you to join. We need to be visible in president, not in our fucking name. Will you pretend to define our safety and where the danger comes from? Not in our fucking name. Will you continue to demonize Islam and Muslims and ignore the radical Christian right who uh, mm -hmm. control an enormous swath of land in Syria and are pushing people off of buildings right now? Mm -hmm. uh, it's called Phelpsville. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's that's I mean, it goes on and on. And so so somebody as um, like calm in that debate, if you look at that debate, there's, you know, the Robert Spencer's, there's a real kind of foaming at the mouth types. And then Jamie uh, does not uh, like those people and doesn't sort of fit into that category. And, and writes against them as he did and, this week and, against Milo. Yeah, he writes against them. And that is um, not in our name. Uh, will you uh, uh, speak at a university and not be mow mowed and, and, and shouted down? So if you are uh, listening to this on Thursday and you're near uh, DePaul, and you want to go uh, hear uh, Jamie talk, whether you agree or disagree with him. The point there is to um, look at the blithering idiots who come to no platform, which is what they call it, making sure uh, people whose views you disagree with do not have a platform to speak. I, so that's, that's when you uh, imagine the uh, fifth column college tour. Yeah. Uh, who gets protested the most? Is it Camille? 
Uh, of course. Not black. You can't, of course. You can't protest me. You can't yeah, they'd feel bad me. about it. I'm, I'm lovable and, and cuddly. You, yeah. No one would protest me. I can't imagine that. They'd yeah. feel bad about protesting you because yeah. they'd feel that they were racist. <laughs> well, there, there's that too. Yeah. I have a yeah. secret shield. Yeah. yeah. It's not really? a secret, actually. That doesn't really that's stop people thing. from the whole Uncle Tom crap. Well, that's different. I mean, that's that's generally when I get Uncle Tom, House Nigger Coon, it's from black folk. Uh, it is very rare. Um, oh, right. That I will actually get it from it's someone kind of, who is uh, kind of out of bounds for a white, white person. progressive, but it's it's happened. Um, <laughs> really, but not not house nigger, but coon and Uncle Tom totally. But, but on, that on Twitter, yeah, yeah. They never do um, it in person. Maybe once or twice in person. White yeah. guy, yeah. Did you fucking break his jaw? No, I'm. Come on, break his jaw. He's Don't, not from like, Boston. Come on. Bra- no, no. You listen, I use coon. I use my break uh, his fucking jaw. Sorry, I use my fantastic physique. And my imposing, my imposing presence <laughs> to intimidate yeah. people in frivolous ways. Yeah. Uh, like, watch out, get out of the way. Hey, don't step on my shoes, that sort of stuff. Yeah, I'm not going to do anything. Grab him by the and neck. Now I have and a screwed up it. shoulder. God, so I can't I do would anything. Just, I, especially if yeah. I was like muscly. Like, you're, you're in shape. <laughs> Can you imagine if Moynihan was a big guy? Yeah. yeah. There would just be, be murders. Yeah. yeah. You think I almost so? got in a fight yesterday in DC. Really? Who? I was walking to get a cup of coffee. We were, I was doing an interview, and I was like, before I went, I was like, I'm going to go for a walk and get a cup of coffee. And I walked in front of, like, where the old AEI building is there. And I, got, and I was walking a little bit, like, at a half inch out onto the sidewalk and walking slowly because I was on the phone. And this guy pulled in, trying to pull into a, to a parking garage and starts laying on the horn. So I went up to his car, and he looked down the window. <laughs> and I leaned in, and I was like, what the fuck is your problem? And he's like, get on the sidewalk. And I was like, but if I, this is literally what I said. I said, if I, I was walking slow. And I was like, if I was walking at the same speed, four inches over, would that be okay? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And then some <laughs> other guy. rules. Some other guy, like, out of nowhere, zips over and like wants to defend me. And he's like, puts his head in the car. And then the guy drives off. And he's like, swear to God, no j- joke. The guy turned to me. And he's, like, he's like, yeah, I was just feeling like getting into a fight. <laughs> and I was like, nice, nice. And th- no, you, I was like, where are you, you don't from? Say nice, you run away. I'm from fucking Worcester. <laughs> <laughs> Saw that guy being a cock. I almost punched him in the windshield. Next time, run away. Andrew yeah. Jones from lying. A situation yeah. Like that. What a loser. Yeah. Well, well, the other, the other. Uh, was like Joe, <laughs> it was a Joe Wilson. You lie. I was like, what is he from Boston? <laughs> yelling at Obama. I don't like that. It's a little, that's a little shrill. Yeah. So he had a bit more bass in his yeah. voice when he you screamed, you lie. fucking lie. You lie. Don't be a dick. Speaking of, uh, speaking of liars. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually, so this is many actually, places that could go. No, yeah. this is a, this is a good segue. Yeah. Um, we had a former NSA head, James least untruthful answer clapper. That's a good testifying segue. before Congress. See, mm-hmm. I did mm-hmm. it there. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, testifies before Congress. Um, he, uh, he says, Clapper. There, there are certainly questions about <laughs> uh, about Trump uh, and uh, and about the Russians. Uh, his answers are are unchanged. Um, he says, "I don't I don't know anything about these things." But again, Mister Least Untruthful Answer, I'm not sure. Perhaps he he can't say yeah. more or won't, and is just misleading us. I don't know. I'm not speculating about that. But what I did find interesting was this exchange uh, that he had with one Ben Sass. Sassy Sass. Uh, Director, do you stand by the IC's January assessment that WikiLeaks is a known propaganda platform for Russia? Absolutely, and uh, I am in agreement with uh, uh, Director Pompeo's characterization of WikiLeaks as a non-nation-state intelligence service. Uh, Unpack that a little bit more. If if that's the case, then you're saying that Julian Assange is not a journalist. (laughs) 
You're asking the wrong guy a question like that. Uh, absolutely not. I mean, reasonable people uh, in the American debate are worried when they hear people in the IC talk about something that sounds like it's just information. Uh, I'm obviously highly skeptical of Mr. Assange, and I've been uh, pushing the Justice Department to ask why we have not been uh, taking steps to prosecute him for particular crimes that have endangered American intelligence assets. But across the continuum of journalists who are legitimate journalists who are trying to get information to help the American people under our First Amendment be fully informed about the operations of their government, there are people in the journalistic community who will lean on IC resources to say, we want to know all that you're able to tell us. And the burden of proof, the burden is on the intelligence official not to leak classified information. The burden is not on the journalists to not correct. ask hard questions. That's and absolutely so correct. It's useful for the American people to hear you explain why is Assange something other than just an American American journalist asking hard questions. Well, I think, and there, there's there's obviously judgment here, and when uh, uh, a journalist does does harm to the country, uh, harms our national security, compromises sensitive sources and methods and tradecraft, uh, and puts the company the the country deliberately puts the the country in jeopardy, I think that. That's the line is is that's a red line to use a, use a phrase uh, that uh, I think is un, is unacceptable. Have any unauthorized disclosures from Assange and WikiLeaks directly endangered Americans and American interests? Uh, in the past, yes, absolutely. Maybe we stop there. Um, he kept on saying company. Yeah, so, <laughs> the company, not country. Yeah, he can't help himself. Yeah. Matt, this is this is kind of sort of one of those things where for me, like this happened. This was a thing. And this is not the first time that there have been conversations in Congress about locking up people who are publishing things, which many Americans believe is totally something that they want published. There, we can have a conversation, and we ought to, about the, the nature of the work that Mr. Assange does, the quality of the work that he does, the sloppiness of the organization that he is a part of. Or if he's a um, whether, journalist. Whether a or not, debate and, about and that. whether or not he's a journalist. And, a and more importantly, and whether or not he's actually doing journalism, because yeah. it's not a, a protected class of, of person here, but it's a, it's a thing. It is a particular act that is protected by the Constitution. Um, there is not sufficient concern, in my estimation, um, about the possibility even in this nuanced case, because the important, the important rubber hitting the road in a lot of these situations is at the margins. It's the places where people are actually not sure if it's appropriate for someone to be publishing this stuff. Well, that's, that's the place where somebody needs to come to the mat and have a robust argument, and there needs to be a robust defense made for the right to publish a video um, like the one that Chelsea Bradley Manning um, actually ended up publishing. This was the collateral murder video um, in which we saw Reuters reporters who were killed from uh, a drone. I believe it was a drone, right? Or was, uh, it wasn't a drone. It was a helicopter. It was a helicopter. Yeah. But, but they were killed, and the video was suppressed, not because publishing that video would endanger Americans. Perhaps that's the reason it was suppressed. But mostly it seemed like it was suppressed because it was embarrassing. Well, I don't. A quick interjection. But, but, I don't think it was suppressed. I mean, they don't generally release, well, sure, you know, sure. action stuff. But, you don't want the guys it, are bad guys. That's that's a fair point. But classified, um, yeah. it is it is something that you're not publishing this kind of material. In fact, leaking the material, not publishing it. This is the important distinction. Um, 
is an offense that can get your ass thrown in jail. Sure. Um, it's also the sort of thing that many Americans want to see. If this is happening, I want to know about it, especially if it's happening in my name and especially if it's happening on my dime. So I don't, I don't want to sort of go on too long before we, we get into the discussion here, but this conversation is important. It's happening right now. It is being overshadowed by a lot of the other things that are going on. And there's, there's plenty of stuff happening uh, all the time uh, under the, uh, in the Trump administration uh, or the Trump era anyways. Um, maybe it's just that it's hard to focus with all of these various scandals going well, sure. on. Well, sure. I mean, I, you, I don't know. You mentioned earlier, um, uh, uh, again, picking on you a little bit for a, a single word choice here, but let's go for it. Um, <laughs> uh, but that, like, uh, that the people in media are freaking out about everything uh-huh. in, in the Trump administration. I would argue that there are so many things that actually some things are only getting freaked out about on MSNBC. This is true. You don't really hear too much about like the business with the Kushner family in China, except if you happen to be on MSNBC, because they're they're just going to hit that. Sure. But because there's like 17 things to to latch your your teeth on. I think there will be just as a prediction out there. In a way, though, there there probably always ought to be. But that is different. Uh, There at some point. The Trump administration is going to run out of uh, uh, steam in terms of being able to do anything, and that uh, point is probably arriving sooner rather than later. As soon as the the Senate health care thing fails, which I think that it probably will, I hope that it w- it does. We need um, a bold prediction sound. <coughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, here's the prediction sound here. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Those predictions get a lot Brown. bolder <laughs> as <laughs> that stuff starts. Look, when the beer runs out, your esophagus. Yeah, uh, but that like. So then uh, at, at that moment, people are going to say, OK, we don't have as many executive orders to talk about. We don't mm-hmm. have as many legislative fights to talk about. Holy shit. Has he really brought his whole family to do this and to profit yeah. us? Off? There's going to be a whole level of interest in corruption. And on those days in particular, there's a reason why Jason Chaffetz is not going to run for reelection in the, uh, you know, in uh, in uh, Utah, the guy who was the head of the House you know Government Oversight Committee mm-hmm. and was investigating every single nook and cranny of Hillary Clinton was promising to if she became president and then declare that he wasn't really interested in Donald Trump corruption things, you know, so that Republicans are going to look bad about this. And that's uh, far off in the future. So uh, but not that far off Um, on the week. I was actually kind of heartened by this exchange in in the following way. Hmm. The exchange between Sass and Clapper, I uh, I have. I kind of like uh, Sass, and I like the way that, that he tries to. No, I don't like that his conclusion in, in this case, mm-hmm. but I like the fact that he had an open conversation and was actually trying to consciously in this case say, "Hey, let's define the terms of the debate for Americans so we can talk about this." Mm-hmm. Um, Clapper, in, in a way that is, is I think, a little self-serving for someone who wants to make the argument that he does. For but. sure, for sure. But also, let's define our terms here. Mm-hmm. Clapper, who's a liar, who should have been fired by Barack Obama at least. Two years ago, whenever what he openly lied uh, to the American people under oath, that's kind of a problem, I think. Uh, and you shouldn't keep your job uh, after such things. Um, uh, he, I don't want to hear from him about who's a journalist and who isn't. I'm, I, I want he, to hear him asked. I want to. I want the fact that his answer is there to be out there. Uh, I don't give it any weight at all. Uh, I do give weight uh, to senators and, uh, and 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 other people, and I want to argue them out of that position. Um, I also feel distinctly uncomfortable talking about WikiLeaks when I'm sitting next to Michael Moynihan, who pays a lot more attention to mm-hmm. the uh, the actual deals of it. But ultimately, 
in the United States of America, we should not have officials talking about who is and who isn't a journalist in any serious way. And the crisis that undergirds all of this, or at least the, 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 the public policy dispute, which is important here, is not a Trump-era thing. It's actually an Obama-era thing with a little bit of Bush thrown in there, which is that uh, there's been a war on leaks. There's been a usage, uh, serial usage of the Espionage Act. Mm-hmm. Journalists have seen their uh, notes subpoenaed serially by the last two administrations, and they'll certainly see it here in ways that it's really, really terrible. I mean, it's, it's legitimately yeah. awful. Yeah. And those people, I worry, right. yeah. in anything that that attempts to or in the na- is in the name of targeting Assange, who I think is a dreary character as a, just a, a human being who's mm-hmm. not careful in a lot of different ways and who's not an American, right? Yeah, he said in America he's Australian. Uh, so, like, that, yeah. that actually is a different yeah. category that out, yeah. of human being when we're yeah. making these considerations. And so so therefore, you can talk to him, uh, talk about him as sort of like a weird uh, non-state actor in this in this particular case. But that's what I worry about: is that uh, we we already have too much encroachment onto the ability of people not just to publish leaks, but to leak uh, leaks, uh, and that this discussion will go in such a way that that'll make that more likely rather than less. Yeah, I mean, look, you have to have some. I mean, Daniel Patrick Moynihan's book on the secrecy. Mm-hmm. Uh, not related to me, by the way, um, is really, really good. And about, it's about the over-classification of material. And it has a debate in it about what should be secret and what isn't. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that people who believe that everything should be should be uh, open open season and no one should ever be punished for leaking anything. I mean, in my job, if I leaked an email from, you know, a higher up, I'd be fired. And I'd, there'd be some sanctions for me and I would, you know... No, I, would, I wouldn't get a severance, just put it but, that way. But, like, what's the best email that uh, Shane sent you? Uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm low on the totem pole. I don't get, I don't get those emails anymore. Uh, but, but, you get, know, I mean— Getting fired is, getting, is a lot different than, like, losing everything and going to prison. Yeah, of course, of course. So. But, I mean, it's, it's that no sanctions at all for somebody who leaks something is actually, um, I think, a very bad thing. And there are, there are things that need to be secret. That's, that's just a fact. And, and you know— America's at a very distinct disadvantage when every other major global power ac- executes people for, for, you know, the, you know, China's of the world and Russia, et cetera. I mean, there's a, a debate about, you know, when we talk about uh, Julian Assange being a propagandist for the Russian, that's a very particularly chosen word. Of course uh-huh. he is. I think he is a propagandist for the Russians in the sense that he had a, a television show on, on, RT. Uh, on R- Russian state television, you know, yeah. and they have some, some lie about, well, you know, it was a production company that actually didn't actually bought it from the production company. So Larry King makes this argument, too, about why he has a show on RT. It's actually a different channel. It's like, but, you know, you're, you can object to having your show on RT if you're Larry King mm-hmm. uh, or if you're Julian Assange. I mean, it's not I mean, it's not a coincidence. You, you and could, maybe a little little bit of a stretch in my in my estimation. I, I think it's worth pointing out, but I think it's a bit. Yeah, of a there's stretch. never been, you know, what the, the idea that he's a propagandist for the Russians. Yeah. Well, look, there's I mean, for somebody who claims to, you know, want to diminish... No, I just mean on the basis of the RT. Oh, no, no, I think that's one spoke in a wheel that has a lot of madness in it. I I acknowledge the fact that the IC released their report that the one that we got is the the unclassified version and that they have not disclosed their sources and methods. So we don't know all of the evidence that was used in them making their determination. There's that a lot of stuff is, about Assange. Is bad and, and is well, there's a lot of stuff in it that, that I don't. I don't know. They they, they have, have colluded with governments before. I mean, mm-hmm. they're not. They don't hate governments. Sure. They hate one government more than any other government. And one person, uh, Julian Assange, really hates Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Um, you know, you, that, in in a way, so you see the media's opinion of Julian Assange, which was was an he was an unalloyed good um, when the collateral murder thing came out and the perception of. 
him has changed quite a bit. And I don't believe it's because of the charges against him in Sweden, which I can't really judge. But I've read this this police report that was leaked um, and they seem pretty flimsy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sweden has a super low bar, for super low sexual bar assault. for sexual assault. I mean, there was consensual sex, et cetera. But, you know, regardless, the thing about I mean, the argument that that, that was not had is, you know, there's a couple things. I mean, as you said, journalists aren't a, 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 you know, a, a you know, protected class of people as such. And it's, in some ways, in legal cases, they are, but they're not, it's not codified as like, well, I'm a journalist, I get to do X or Y. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's, of course, precedent for all this stuff. And in this day and age, things have changed, right? So if Kim Philby, the notorious Soviet spy of the Cambridge Five, were to pilfer Soviet secrets in Washington, D.C., and run off and then put them all on blog, some kimphilby.blogspot.com. Well, what is he? Is he a spy? Is he a journalist? What is he? Because Julian Assange, this is the argument. I don't subscribe to this argument at all. But the argument that he isn't a journalist is that he's just a distribution point because he doesn't actually do any reporting. He doesn't do any writing. He just dumps material. Is that different than journalism? Well, I mean, it's a little too close to the bone to because a lot of journalists do that too. It's a mm-hmm. part of being a journalist. And it's a very difficult place to judge someone's intentions and what they... If Julian Assange is a journalist who wants to destroy the United States of America, that doesn't matter. There's a lot of journalists that want to do that. <laughs> and that's fine. I don't want them to be brought up any on any particular charges. But Julian Assange has not bathed himself in glory in, in this stuff, you know, as he's, as he's, you know, hiding away, collecting crust on his skin and the Ecuadorian embassy and fucking Pamela Anderson, yeah, apparently. What about uh, yeah, that? Yeah, who, by the way, completely unnoticed, wrote a poem about Julian Assange on the Pamela Anderson website. What? Uh, this week or last week, I, I forgot I have to tweet. no idea what's going uh, on. Uh, Pamela Anderson is apparently in a, in a sexual relationship with Julian Assange in which she flies to London doesn't eat meat in the process no. and then and then wanders aimlessly into the Ecuadorian uh, embassy and, uh, you know, gives Julian Assange, uh, you know, a conjugal visit. Huh. Uh, yeah. And then she wrote about it because uh, it's been some speculation. She wrote a poem about it, which wow. I encourage maybe at, at the end as we as the credits roll, I can read the poem. And, yeah. That's in a in a, a in a poetry slam kind of way. I wonder if that's going to make it into the uh, the new Laura Portress uh, film. Well, Portress is interesting because, I mean, she is somebody, you know, from the Glenn Greenwald world and from mm-hmm. the Snowden world and made uh, 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 Citizen Four. Uh-huh. And um, is it Citizen Four, right? Citizen Four? I think so. Um, I'm Googling it. To yeah. And then, and then... Boring movie. Yeah, I thought it was boring. I mean, I mean interesting. Interesting and informative, like but... Watching Patreon. It's, it's one of those movies that you have to pretend to like. Uh, everyone's just play, <laughs> praising it. I'm like, yeah, it was okay. I mean, I don't... But she did a movie about Assange, which is out now, and I haven't seen it. Just released, I guess, or it's being released on Friday, maybe. Um, it, which apparently is just by virtue of the footage she got a critical portrait because you know he's a megalomaniac and a weirdo and you know and everyone's very upset about him now because he refers to feminism uh as like his great enemy because of these women uh, in in sweden and the charges against him in sweden he was referred to sweden as uh the saudi arabia of feminism and he is supported donald trump and now everyone's perceptions of donald trump uh, uh, of julian assange have changed is he an open supporter of donald trump Assange? Yeah. I'm I mean I would if you read his tweets for the past 6 months you, I tried he see, he seemed to be pretty much an open supporter of Trump. I mean he was he was peddling a lot of conspiracy it, theories. It's interesting to cut you off. I mean again, he hates Clinton, ask, I don't know. To, to ask you a question. Yeah. Um uh 
it's interesting to watch actually the uh, the Russia conspiracy theorist types like John Schindler, who works for the Observer, Louise yeah. Mensch. They all are very invested in making Assange equals Snowden equals Glenn Greenwald intercept. Yeah. Con- they're all on the Russian payroll. They're undifferentiated. Yeah. They're all this That's, person. And the Greenwald DN faction and the Snowden uh, faction have from their inception, from the 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 kind of uh, the point of delivery from Edward Snowden at the beginning, yeah, they set themselves up to not be that. Like we mm-hmm. want to differentiate mm-hmm. from this. This is not just vomiting out information. Mm-hmm. We want to to launder this through people who are going to treat it differently. Yeah. So it's kind of it, it that dynamic is interesting and it's it's uh yeah i mean it's not surprising to see that there would be a conflict there i mean look if you see some of uh, assange's tweets about particular wikileaks cables in which he misunderstands them i mean and this has happened a number of times in the past mm-hmm. and it's like this is the benefit of having that information not in in the hand of in the hands of a journalist and not a journalist i hate this phrase it's like an expert of somebody who knows the phraseology of those cables, what they mean, what sure. they're telegraphing. Sure, sure. They he have some indus- industry, industry e- expertise. E- experience, yeah. yeah. And can say, like, hey, guys, this is actually a really common thing uh-huh. in the intelligence community. You've seen that a lot um, with Assange's um, stuff and his kind of hyperventilation about some of this stuff. And, you know, I mean, I first saw, I first met Assange before the collateral murder thing, and I was sitting in a in a theater, I'll talk to him afterwards, sitting in a theater where he did this thing about um, uh, Guantanamo, and it was a human rights conference, and he it's Oslo, uh, yeah. And he said that um, it says something like to 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 protect freedom or blah 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 on one of the guard towers somewhere at Guantanamo. I'm, he hasn't been there, obviously, although a lot of people would like to put him there. Uh, and he said this is a, you know not different from Arbeit Machtfrei in going into Auschwitz. Work will set you free. Mm. And I was like, this guy's just a little over the top here. And I talked to him afterwards, and he, he seemed to have some sort of you know, acute form of autism that is particular to Australian, you know, albinos or something. He's just the, he looks like Jackie Rogers Jr. from the old uh, Martin Short sketch. Uh, you know, it's just a weird, weird experience. But the thing about him is that, you know, Russia doesn't need to pay him. He doesn't be in the Russian payroll. The guy doesn't pay rent at the at the embassy there. All the and, and you always remember this about about um, intelligence uh, organizations. If there is an organization that's leaking material that comes from the American intelligence services or military, mm-hmm. and they're doing it willy-nilly, and they're dumping it out. You know, the Russians are, they, who did they get it beforehand? Do they need to get it beforehand? Probably not, because it's all going to go online anyway. They're going to try to influence these people, right? Do I think Julian Assange, this is total speculation, has had an interaction, knowingly or unknowingly, with somebody from the Russian in, in, intelligence community? Of course he has. That's my speculation. Because he's, before he was holed up there, he's out and about at all these mm-hmm. conferences everywhere. This is a guy that is getting information from disaffected Americans within these, you know, arenas, and NSA or CIA. And he's got, got a, another leak recently that had the, some of the Samsung uh, television watching you kind uh-huh, of stuff. Uh-huh. Of course they're trying to make contact with this guy. Of course they're trying to influence him. If they're not, they're not doing their job. And if there's one thing we know the Russians are particularly good at, it's this sort of thing. It's this kind of tradecraft. So it's a matter of whether Julian Assange is actively colluding with them. And I don't think that, you know, that that um, Edward Snowden, I know nothing. I've, I've read the the uh, Epstein book and I didn't find it convincing. Um, but what you can say is if you land at the airport in Moscow 
And you're being protected by the Russian government when the United States wants you back and wants you in front of a judge or in shackles. You're not getting away with that without speaking to somebody who is connected to a sinister, dark, shadowy organization within the Kremlin. Does that mean that Edward Snowden is doing this willingly? Is it, is it means he's colluding? No. He, he doesn't want to go to prison. He doesn't want to go to prison. That's the top line. <laughs> he, does, he doesn't want to go to prison. Yeah. He doesn't have many options. He had to leave Hong Kong and go somewhere. And it might just be the case yeah. um, that if you have a war on whistleblowers, um, if there aren't adequate mechanisms, and I'm, I'm painting with a broad yeah. brush here and perhaps not speaking specifically to the situation, um, but if there are not adequate uh, mechanisms for someone who would be a whistleblower to yeah. actually run something off the chain of the command to object to something strenuously that they see happening that that could be problematic that lots of Americans would agree is problematic. Um, then you might end up in these situations where you yeah. drive people who work for you who have taken an oath um, to to uphold and defend the Constitution um, who leak this stuff yeah. um, and having very few places to go end up pretty darn close to countries that have an adversarial relationship with the United States. But there's a moral calculation there, isn't there? Sure. I mean, if you're if you're leaving the United States because they're, um, you know, bulk collecting data uh -huh. and um, the option is, and this is just a kind of spitballing here, and the option is to go to a country in which dissident, uh, you know, civilians uh, can be, have acid sprayed in their eyes. I take him at his word I mean, when Navalny, he says he would, Navalny he would is, leave if he could. I take him at his word when he says Yeah, that. I mean, Navalny is blinded, looks, you know, has about 10% vision in one of his eyes. Um, you know, Anna Politskaya had a bullet <laughs> in the back of her head. There's a million of these uh, things. So you have to have your own kind of moral calculation. Well, I'm going to hide out in this place because I hate injustice. Mm -hmm. That just doesn't sit right with a lot of people. I don't think the Snowden story is what the John Schindlers of the world think it is, and I don't think it's what the Glenn Greenwalds of the world think it is. There's a lot of stuff in that, and you know, Epstein's book I think has many, 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 many problems. Yeah. But I think there's some, you know, curious things. I mean, there's some, you know, there's, there's things to question about why Snowden did what he did in the manner in which he did it. I, um, but I could accept but, all all that and accept that it's it's a not non non binary that he is sure. neither neither hero nor villain. In, let's, in, let's, in, 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 in defense of Snowden, uh -huh. uh, unlike uh, WikiLeaks, a lot of there's a lot of material that came out. Right, he took a lot of material out with it publicly. We've seen very little of it, uh -huh. uh, so that's pretty interesting. The curious thing and the and the and the scary thing is you're taking that stuff. He says he doesn't have it with him in Russia. I mean. That's a hard one. I mean, you know, there was some stuff about China that was published in the South China Morning Post after you get to Hong Kong, which I didn't think was relevant. Um, it, was, it wasn't relevant to what his mission was. He said his mission was he was concerned about the Constitution, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and Americans being spied on, a very laudable goal. And then all of a sudden he's telling uh, the South China Morning Post how the United States is hacking uh, Chinese institutions, uh, particularly things that were associated with the PLA. The, not, the, not, not that the, this, not that this will come as a as a huge surprise yeah. to the Chinese or anyone else. No, I mean, but I think but, that's but, the but that's it, the other part of this story as well. I mean, what he's the Russians he's sweetening the deal. A lot of these things. Yeah, of course. But I mean, <laughs> the there's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff they don't know. Um, uh -huh. I mean, I mean, you're taking out, you know, the crown jewels. Sure. And that thing is like, okay, I get the original instinct there. So what's going on here? Why are you doing this? And is it to make your transit easier? 
And so if that's the case, what's making your stay in Russia easier? I don't know. And again, it's all speculation. And from what I know now, it seems like he did it for laudable goals, um, stuff I disagree with and mm -hmm. a lot of it. But I don't think he's he's, you know, the Aldrich James of his generation. I don't believe that that's true. I don't think he's a Russian agent uh, now that he's in Russia. Yeah, that leaves hope. That's, I think we'll learn a lot about that. I mean, we've learned a lot about the Cambridge Five who were spies in the 1940s in the past year. I mean, yeah. this is this stuff unfolds over time. But as of right now, I don't think that. Uh, that... So since we're all, you know near the end, and and some of the brown liquid has probably worked. Yeah. Who is? <laughs> I'm, slur I'm slurring a little bit. Yeah, not really. Actually, you, you tried to make it happen. <clears throat> Uh, but uh, who is a Russian agent, uh, Michael, who works in the media in America right now? Oh, God. A Russian agent? Yeah. Um, Besides Jamie Witting Kirchner. or unwitting? Does it matter? <laughs> Maybe not. Let's Stephen F. Cohen? Well, come on. That's I, I mean, he's like the guy uh, we thought that because he worked for The Nation and he married. <laughs> I, this is where I nice. get, in, get in trouble. Yeah. He married someone. Oh, there, there you go. Katrina, uh, the editor of The Nation. Uh, one thought that uh, you know when in in the when he's writing those columns in the seventies, Sovieticus his column in the seventies and eighties, that he was just a, a a dumb commie uh, that like loved the Soviet Union would never give up on it, and then this, the Russia was taken over by a right wing, <laughs> non communist, fifteen percent flat tax. We love the Orthodox Church. Let's throw the punk rock girls of uh, Pussy Riot in jail. Uh, leader. And he still supports them. So I just think yeah. that there's there's something like Stephen F. Cohen. He really, really, I, really loves governments that don't like the United is States. It, is it really fair, though, to say that he, yes. he supports them now? Like uh, Putin? Yes. I, as, as, we've, as, yes. We've, as we've discussed in the yeah. past, I'm not I'm not commenting on yes. all of the past yes. stuff yeah. in, in a contemporary setting. However, yeah. when I hear him talk about um, the the Russia phobic. Um, sort of zeitgeist, the obsession with these particular narratives. When he talks about, yeah. but when he talks about what, He's a weasel what a certain people do sure. on certain cable networks, yeah. and only talk about that. I mean, he can be a weasel and a coward. He can have yeah. a terrible track record and have done all sorts of other terrible things. He could also be right about that. Well, thing. I mean, it's a matter Camille, of what you, you talk about. You're never. I'm not defending. Him. You're yeah. never wrong. I'm talking about that. You're never wrong to I'm say. I'm never wrong. No. Shut up. <laughs> you are never wrong to say the people who uh, disagree with me about something are yeah. exaggerating. That will never not be the case. The people who disagree with you are always exaggerating. Yeah. And you can spend your life. And this is this is one of the limits to the anti-anti-Trump commentary that we see a lot of people that we know personally uh -huh. engage in. Like your first response, like Rich Lowry last night, it's like, I even forget what the stupid tweet was, but like your first response to all of this stuff is saying, ha ha, look at Democrats. They hated Comey too. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. not an intellectually serious response. Yeah. That is looking for, you know, your, your radar is finely tuned to anti, anti Trumpism. And so, but it's not about, I don't think that's, and, and, I don't think that's, so, I don't think, think that's the him, best version of the, of the argument that's being, but Camille, th th think about, think about Cohen and guys like him uh -huh. in this way. Why is it that he never he only talks about those who are attacking Russia? Look, if you listen to him on the radio, he's he's always in the John Bachelor show for he some sure reason. Yes, that they're yeah. like close I, friends. I, and when he talks about Russia in more in a more expansive way during that, it's always it always starts with they're getting a, a, a hard time and you get the what about ism. It's like, well, the United States has done this, too. It's like, right. Well, condemn both of them. But you don't condemn condemn both of them. You do the what about ism and then you do a bunch of weasel words 
you know, to to kind of, you know, a little bit of flack for for um, for the Putin administration. Yeah. And when when you have a guy who's consistently, consistently defending Putin against his critics, not As defending he Putin. Did. In and this is yeah, and this is not necessarily yeah, that drop off. And I, what and he I, does I, is like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I don't like those anti-gay laws and everything. But he, and he does it right, right. like grudgingly and sure. has to say, well, yeah. But he'll never do a full-throated thing. And if somebody is honest about these things, if somebody just doesn't hate the U.S. government, you know, as he does, but he has he has a particular affection for uh, for anything that comes out of Moscow. It seems uh-huh. he's very consistent about this over the years. Is that it shouldn't be difficult, it shouldn't be throat clearing for you to say, you know what, I'm going to write this column today about the repugnant policies that are emanating from the Kremlin as it, you know, you know, as it deals with uh, gay people, as it deals with Chechnya, as it deals with bombing in Syria. Anti-war magazine, I tell you what, Stephen F. Cohen would be on every damn radio microphone if Donald Trump was carpet bombing, killing civilians in Syria. I'm, they had a number of pieces about the Tomahawk missile strike, which just hit a military base. If that, it, what Russia does in Syria doesn't, it doesn't it, not a yeah. peep yeah. from. I had a driver the other day when I was taking a car home from the from the the. It's an Uber. What's up? What's up, Thomas Alfred? Yeah, I know. No, it's just like. <laughs> was it Uber Share? Yeah, no, fuck no. It's Uber. It's that's Uber Pool. Whatever. No, and he was like a Turkish guy, and he's just ranting to me. And he's like, he's like, why does nobody give a shit about the I, Russians? I'm sorry. Wait, wait. I didn't hear an accent. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to change my ways. <laughs> what are you talking? With? I can't. The bombing. Nobody care. The Iraq. You do it in every on the streets. They go crazy. Yeah. Crazy on the streets. Russia. They do not. Who cares? Who cares? Nobody fucking cares. That was literally my ride. Look, trying and to change like, his way. It's like, yeah, I know. It's trying to be inside. What Look, are this, you doing the, the, with the Russians? Stephen Stephen Cohen, I I is not a guy I follow closely. I do not. No, have you just defend strong... him whenever. No, we bring actually, him up. I yeah. have. Yeah. I'm not defending Cohen. him every time you bring yeah. him up. I'm establishing that on certain stuff that I have read of his of late, not his his older stuff. I was I, I have to admit a, a oh, fatal a fatal flaw. Broken here. clock with in the him. in the eighties. I wasn't reading. These things as closely you were as reading gentlemen go, might have dog, been. Go dog go, kinda. Yeah, I was drawing pictures. Go dog go <laughs> of, of the, of the battlefield <laughs> with the USSR on one side yeah. and, and and the United States of America on the other. Camille, and, I, and you know read who the new won, book won How made. to Spot a Butty Boy. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> but but I will but but in my own defense, Matt Welch, because you caricatured a position uh, that I am frequently <laughs> in. Um, which is being someone who is pointing out the hysteria that is manifesting itself on the other side and masquerading as a serious opposition to a malevolent force that is poised to wipe out and eliminate all freedom in America. Now, that is not hyperbole. Like that is precisely the sort of I, language that is employed by people who are a part of the resistance. I agree. I, I, I agree. Okay. And like, well, let me finish, man. Go. Let me maybe. finish, my nigga. All right. Come on. So he's trying to do that. <laughs> One hand's he's vaping. trying to do that. Vaping. He's trying to um, keep his yeah. vape so in, the, in his chest. <laughs> are you my Caucasian? Are you my Caucasian? <laughs> but, to Larry but the David. rest. But the rest. But the rest of this story, right, is that while I'm critical of that. I am certainly critical of the other stuff as well, of the Putin regime. Um, I definitely don't meet the criteria of being someone that isn't critical 
of the whole thing. And the when, fundamental when, when reason. When have I ever I I even like hinted that matter. you're that guy? I don't I, listen. I'm. I'm don't making defend a, yourself against I'm charges I haven't a, made. I'm making the broad defense of myself because a I'm pyromaniac in, the room. in a field of straw man. Yeah, I'm making the broad defense of myself <laughs> because I'm in the room. What's I can't up, make Obama? the defense for for every um, sort of non-interventionist libertarian type that will make an argument that sounds somewhat similar to mine because like, it like might fad. not be as nuanced as mine. I don't I don't think that's right. I think fad can be pretty nuanced on most of these things. We may have places where we disagree. I'll tell you what, fad and some kids who ping me on Twitter every once in a while, like last night I got a ping from a kid uh -uh. Um, who said, when is the fifth column going to be a libertarian podcast again and not a neoconservative podcast? Oh, uh, yeah. and and I responded. Yeah. I responded what does that, that even mean? one that's a trick question because yeah. the fifth column is neither a libertarian nor a neoconservative podcast. It's just a podcast. fucking podcast. It's a, get, it's get a podcast. It. Um, what I hope yeah. you get you hate out of this, it or you like it. yeah. What, but what I hope you <laughs> get like, is geez. smart, thoughtful, interesting conversation from drunk, people who drunk. are generally well informed are frequently drunk when they're together because they're having a, a good time, but they they have. A respect for one another, uh, and they I generally have, <laughs> and they Again. generally have Again. some Remember respect for the people who are coming on to the show. And quite honestly, I would not be interested in doing this if this was like the Mises Rothbard Hayek hour, because I don't want to spend two and a half hours in a circle jerk talking to people who agree with me on just about everything. Well, I am, I am a, a, a very thoroughgoing lunatic anarcho-capitalist that still believes let justice be done though the heavens fall philosophically here on earth 616 to bring something wow. uh to, to oh. bear that i've used with that Jeez. um my my sensibility about <laughs> my sensibilities about the world that we find ourselves in is like i want to be a pragmatist i hope to achieve some change i hope to convince people that some of my ideas are right because I do appreciate the unique, special corner of the world that we live in, both with respect to geography and time, that most people throughout most of history have lived under terrible, awful circumstances and been less free than we are today. Um, and the reason I made the, drew the comparison between um, the, the first gentleman who was in charge of the FBI and was perhaps in charge of the fourth branch of government, Mr. J. Edgar Hoover, is because that is a problem. That's a bad thing. America is actually better today, even with Donald Trump in office, than it was then. Like, we are, in fact, more free. And it is hysterical to suggest that all of our freedoms, that we're on the verge of losing them because of him. I agree that there are threats to our freedom. I think most of them are institutional and that they're not necessarily about particular bad actors um, and I also don't believe that all of the evil people in the world are people who have R's after their name in public life. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's that's. But, all. But Listen, wait, that, hold on, that, hold on, yeah. listeners. Yeah. Clip that YouTube. That Clip was, that. That's, that's, that's two, Camille's good, Camille's good yeah two, Camille's, right Camille's um, YouTube of the okay. day. Um, I don't know. I'm going to do happening. the. I'm going to just say the one thing that's the anti YouTube. <laughs> the thing that like maybe you put on you know. Like a, a Snapchat? Is that because it disappears, <laughs> I right? Think they're, it's yeah. Going away. Well, it just goes away. Put your put your genitals away. Um, <laughs> why? I've had them out the whole time. I didn't object before. Uh, but, you know, I'm I, tired. The, the thing I'm that makes classic. me always um, has made me in the past, you know, three four years veer away from uh, not labels. I don't hate. I hate that. Like no labels. No labels. No labels are useful for a lot of purposes. 
But the, that has made me kind of allergic to the libertarian label is, you know, it's what, you know, I'll use a libertarian references, you know, Milton Friedman said, you know, the worst thing about capitalism are capitalists, right? Because they're always trying to protect their markets by, by destroying markets, mm. right? And, and protecting their own share. I feel the same way in a lot of ways about libertarians is that the, the worst thing about uh, libertarianism are libertarians because the people that are the loudest are the ones that, you know, congregate and that batter me on Twitter and used to batter me in the reason comment section were, were effectively Stalinist because they have a sense of what they're so, you know, imbued with an ideology that the second you veer from it mm -hmm. and people's, you know, people's minds change about things. You have life experiences that make things slightly more nuanced. I, if I were the same person ideologically as I was when I was a senior in college and a lot of this stuff started coming to me, um, I would be terrified. There's, there's, there is, you know, I said this about Bernie Sanders, like, you know, he's been so consistent. There is a negative aspect to consistency yeah. is that consistency it means that your mind is atrophying in some ways. And you're so wedded to a, a series of ideas mm -hmm. and a series of of kind of ideological precepts that if you veer from them, people start really going after you. And, you know, I veered from some of those things. I veered back in some sense, in, in some cases. I veered away and stayed away in other cases. And I get consistently bombarded with by people who wonder how I was allowed to slip out of my ankle bracelet and wander off the reservation. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just have uh, my life has, you know... I, th I had actually, you know, I had an argument with Milo Yiannopoulos about this when I was filming this thing a couple weeks ago. Which they should means, release which that whole thing. Yeah. You can see some of it on YouTube. Go yeah. Look. Yeah. It was a fun. Well, it was, you, uh, link we did yeah, it, it, it on the Facebook, Facebook page. page and yeah. it was very nice of you to do so. I mean, it, it, Thanks, it, Dan it was a fun. Thank you, Dan Beer. Um, it was For a fun once. interview. And I said to him something that he, he had a really interesting response. And I actually thought, it, I mean, he's, he's a weirdly clever guy who's decided that he's going to use some of that cleverness to be a performance artist and make a lot of money and not think that critically about things. But he is an intelligent dude. I discovered that. I didn't think so going in. Oh. I really didn't. And we sat for most of the day. We had a lunch. We talked. We had drinks. And then and then some we had a... Light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you... Can, did, can we take that out in post? Um, <laughs> they'll think that you said something because you said some light in these stuff. Um, but the thing I said to him, I was like, I don't get loathing people for their political opinions when so much of it is born out of their circumstances, right? They, I mean, you take so much political knowledge from where you grew up, who your parents were, what you were exposed to. And I just don't have the time or the energy to dislike somebody because their circumstance made them more conservative or their circumstance. And he's, he f disagreed in the most forceful way. I don't even think we were shooting at the time. He said, you know, and he's right about this too. He said, no, I came to my beliefs, which I don't believe for a second, out of logic, fact, <laughs> rational thought. And I was like, you know, die. and he said, you know, in my, uh, you know, there's some things that influence you as a kid, et cetera. And it's like, no, but I mean, if you grew up and, you know, your father was going to be fired and he was in a union and the union saved your job and that influences you, right? I don't, I mean, it's, it, it that's just, I mean, because this idea that came from him, this sort of utopian idea, that we're a blank slate and we just deal with fact. We just deal with, you know, what's on the page and we adjudicate it in the most logical, rational way. It is total nonsense. Yeah. I'm and I know, and, and we put a piece in, in, we put a clip in the piece, which I demanded when he said that I microwaved a cat. 
And and the reason I did so, this is Milo speaking, the reason I did so is it was getting more attention than me. And I was like, well, that, you know, that might not talk about, that might not be telling about your ideology, but about the way you present it, sure. And he agreed to that, but said, no, 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 but my ideology is fact, blah, blah, blah. I don't buy it. So when people say, you're not libertarian enough, you're not this, and I'm like, well, you know, I don't get mad at you because no one cares about you, first of all, but I wouldn't get mad at you if something, you know, shifted your luggage in a way, uh, you know, but I f get it so frequently. And I don't know, and this is an honest question, I do not know if I was a person on the left or if I was a person on the right and I was wedded to a particular ideological magazine, institution, and I drifted away from that, if there would be a vehemence uh, that even came close to what you get there from the There would not. There would not. I can, I can testify um, from a personal experience. I, Tell it, brother. I'm lucky in that when I first became and had the honor to be uh, editor of Reason, which is a wonderful magazine Michael worked for. Is for this going to go to the French uh, healthcare piece? No, it's not. Because uh, it should. <laughs> uh, save it for another time because we're running out of time. But like, um, my, that was my biggest worry. I was worried at that time, even though Reason didn't have in 2007 when I took this job, any serious like position in uh, broadcast media at, mm. for the most part, right? We're just then opening up their office in D.C. Yep. and these types of things. And part of the reason to open up an office in D.C. because Reason is based in Los Angeles, California, because that's the greatest city on earth. <laughs> you laugh because you know yeah. it's true, yeah. Moynihan. Yeah. Neil yeah. laughs because yeah. he doesn't know it's true. Yeah. No, I know, and, I know you know, it's not true. I'm a little drunk right now, so continue. Yeah. Uh, so, like, but I was worried. I, I, felt, I felt somewhat fraudulent, and I said this to our uh, foundation president, the great David Knott, um, uh, saying, hey, look, I'll, I'll feel a little bit awkward to be the spokesman for Planet Libertarian because, as Moynihan knows, and probably uh, some listeners here, uh, certainly people who prefer Camille to me in the Reason comments, which is everyone, um, <laughs> that I'm not the most libertarian member of the Reason staff, and I never have been. Yeah. I've always been kind of a squish. I didn't come to this through Milton Friedman or through Ayn Rand or through anybody like that. I came through this weird— It usually begins with Ayn Rand. Yeah, Remember which that is book? a great yeah. book by uh, yeah. the, the late, great uh, Jerome Tuchil, uh, who we, uh, Tuchilli, who we, uh, we all mourn. Um, no, I, I came through a weird path and whatever. Uh, I, I soon discovered that that actually wasn't a problem. Um, I was surprised to discover that that wasn't a problem. When I, as long as I was honest with, especially the reason readers of like, hey, I'm this guy. I I am the you know zero point one percent of libertarians who is in favor of expanding NATO. Uh, you know, like yeah. I I don't. Yeah wake up in the morning, at least until I moved to New York and this has changed, uh, really being angry at taxes, you know, yeah. these kind of things. Um, they were cool. Just like, let's have disclosure. Let's, let's, let's bring this out. They yeah. kind of understood that they rolled their eyes in the appropriate moments. They preferred Camille, which in, you know, it's to just, be honest, it's just it's handsomeness. The right, it's yeah. the right thing. That's all it is. Nah, and it's, it's not uh, that you're not handsome, Matt. It's that I'm so handsome. <laughs> it's true. That's what it is. You're not wrong about that. We're but, both yeah, handsome, but, but I'm just, it's other things as well. But, uh, but you're pouring, it's, you're, Camille's pouring an extra glass, by the way, and is this going to knock him out? Continue. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's How has, my, I, yeah. But he's, the, he's a lightweight, but that's not good. That's I not have, good. as all true narcissists do, steered the conversation to me, but ultimately the the point is back to what Moynihan says. And and this is that marginal movements and even the libertarianism is not a marginal idea in American life. There's something when Pew does like a typography on people's 
um, ideas based on answers to various questions. They conclude that something between like 16 and 25 percent of Americans, a pretty sizable number, uh, can be classified as libertarian, uh, whether they would describe themselves as such. And that number has just totally grown. And by the way, it's worth mentioning and worth uh, thinking about for listeners and for yourself, too. Is that why, if it's 15%, as Cato, the Cato Institute did that study, David, David Bowes did a few years ago, why an allergy to the actual party? Right. I mean, and because it's a shirtless guy on in front before you whose name is like Moonbeam. Saul Invictus, who's sacrificing yeah, a goat. That's yeah. part of it. But also part, of, part it of it is, it. That, is that we have a, yeah. a, a two party system. And mm-hmm. if you want to, like, in if you want to effect change, it's hard to say, hey. Yeah, but there's not usually like, an, like the, the, the number eight candidate for the Democratic Party is not like, you know, my 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 <laughs> platform is about how pedophilia is not that bad. And you're like, and like uh, you know, go, go, that guy has a He has a hard time getting elected. But it's a woman, actually. Like, <laughs> yeah. Mary something or other. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't. I, I, it was like, I, I, I think it was the guy from Ferris Bueller. Gender is a social construct. But uh, the. The thing about marginal movements, and I say that not in a pejorative sense, uh, as a descriptive sense, is that it's going to attract marginal people. And I include in that, especially me, also Camille, probably even more than me, uh, less you, you're less marginal on one hand. Um, and so uh, people, by definition, are going to spend more time policing the borders of it. And thankfully, reason, among other places, uh and I think the the places that we've helped to contribute to, whether in this room or in the independents and elsewhere, mm-hmm. are like, hey, look, we're just having conversations here. We're actually not, you know, pent up about yeah. who gets to police a label and why. Like the last thing I ever wanted to do in that position was to be the policeman. People would write email like, you know, Pendulette's not a libertarian because X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Bill Maher's not a libertarian. Well, that's actually true uh, because of X, Y, and Z. And like that's no, let the people who want to define themselves that way. But that's a joyless position. Ultimately. And it's, it's also the important thing to note to anybody who's ever made that argument to Camille, to myself, to Matt on Twitter. Um, now, I understand the constraints of 140 characters, but prior to the, the advent of Twitter, I got the same things in emails in which there are no character limits and uh, comments on the, the Reason blog, et cetera, is that you are essentially writing yourself out of an argument if you are accusing people of not being pure as opposed to engaging in the argument with which you disagree with them. And the second somebody does that, I'm like, you're just not a serious person. If yeah. you think that, you know, it is a helpful, useful thing to say that person's a neocon, it was always neocon, but there's a, there's, I suppose, other, oh, he's actually just a conservative that, you know, listens to the Ramones or whatever. There was, like, what was that one? It was like conservative who likes drugs or something. It's like, if that's your argument, and I get that there are some people that are really like Republicans and they just like, are a little allergic to the label because it's getting a bad run, you know, during the Bush administration. So they kind of lurch towards libertarianism. But what you do in that case is you welcome them and you bring them in. And then, you know, once they're hanging around your party for a while, they realize that, oh, these are some pretty good ideas. But the the instinct to berate, the instinct to run people out, the instinct to ideologically police stuff is that if I am, you know, look, I've had one person who's tweeted at me and I've never responded to that person because I don't think they're worth any breath or any, you know, typing on my keyboard for more than three seconds. 
who says, "Yeah, you're not a libertarian, libertarian," and then and then, and then you know, I know, who, I know who you're. Yeah, talking about. yeah, and then twenty he doesn't talk like that, uh, and then uh, and then twenty seconds later is like Trump, 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 and I'm like, wait a second, what about like the free trade stuff? What uh -huh. about all like all of this stuff? It's like, oh, that's different somehow. Yeah, I don't understand it. So you know, the selective policing is even better, and I've seen a lot of that recently. But you know, it's a tedious conversation to yeah. talk about ideology. But you know, fuck all y'all. <laughs> I, I'll say my my uh, sort of parting shot on this note is I I routinely engage with people who call me names and say really obnoxious things uh, about a perspective that I will take in some forum. Um, and they, as long as you're not throwing expletives at me, not because I'm I'm particularly sensitive, it's just a phony threshold that I've decided to erect. I am willing to engage most people if I have time in the hope that I can persuade you that it is stupid to lead with you're such an asshole, insert ad hominem, you are motivated by horrible, disgusting things, and that's the only reason why you disagree with me. I think the world is a slightly better place when someone approaches you with that and you approach them with the other thing. Well, tell me why you think that, which is silly. I, I don't think I could change everyone's mind in, 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 in so doing, but I do think that there's something useful yeah. in demonstrating what constructive, thoughtful exchanges of ideas look like. Um, Matt, especially Matt when Welch, you bat those pretty eyelashes. Matt, this, is, this is the other thing. Matt, I mean, Matt come Welch. On. I'm going to give some credit to Matt Welch, and I'm going to tell a very brief story that Matt might not remember. Uh -oh. um, in, I guess it was 2012 or 13 when I did a story about Jonah Lehrer, the guy from The New Yorker. Uh, lying and, and being a fraud, and it ended up him losing his jobs. And there was Very a lot nice of guy. Very lot nice of guy. lot of attention to the story, and it was there was like two plus weeks of just nonstop talking about it, media, etc. And I went to uh, Cape Cod and uh, to my aunt's house, and I was there with my daughter, and we were hanging out, and um, Joanna, who designs Reason Magazine, uh, and, and so I, I get an email from from somebody, I believe at Northwestern University, who said, you're a fucking piece of shit, by the way, and blah, blah, blah. And it was the most aggressive, but long, aggressive, like mm -hmm. ad hominem, every uh, sentence was, was, was worse than the previous. And I think we were chatting on Gchat or some stupid thing. And you said, and I'll never forget this. And you said, you know what I do with people like that? I respond to them in the calmest, most rational way, saying that's a real. It's really interesting that you talked about it. And then, and this is exactly what you said. You said they'll be so flattered by the response mm -hmm. that you'll get another email back. In the tone and the tenor, will be so different than the first one. Totally changed. And I was like, that's pretty interesting. Let me try that. So I wrote this kid back. I probably still have the email somewhere. And I was like, hey, you know, thanks. I really appreciate the email. I'm sorry it's been crazy, really busy. And I'm sorry if it took a little bit to get back to you. And said, I, I, I take your point, but here's where I think you're wrong, blah, blah, blah. The next email, which was exactly as Matt Welch had predicted, was this obsequious, thank you so much. <laughs> I was like, you know, jizzing on the face. I couldn't believe it. I was like, God, come on, stop squirting. It's a little much. And it was like all over the place. So all nice. over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it was like, I had one of those. He was young. Yeah, it was like, it's like being in the front room of a Shamu show. It was like, <laughs> Yeah. And so 
Camille's drunk. It's uh, the seals. It's the seals. He's drunk. What? He's drunk. He's slapping like a seal. Oh, That's no. He's the drunkest I've ever He's seen. He's clapping like Stevie Wonder He's over Stevie there. Wonder. What's yeah. happening? Look at that. Oh, it's, my God. We've gone off the rails. It's gone. Oh. I was trying to just give Matt some credit. No, it's a, it's, it's a, a beautiful a story. Beautiful squirting story. <laughs> I don't know what happened. God, look at that. <laughs> He's loaded. That is who gave us this liquor? Because I'm going to send that guy a bill for this. No, idea. That's no we don't have no idea. We thanked him we last week. No idea. We thanked him last yeah. week. We don't. We don't. We don't. We don't have, have no idea. No idea. <laughs> yeah, that's. But I Someone did. That's right. That's a double Twitter. negative. Yeah, we, which yeah. means we have an idea. I believe um, Camille. We thanked him last week. He sent us two bottles, and we're we're finishing yeah, we off gotta, the uh, second bottle. Fuck, we got to get rid right of this. Now. We got to get rid of this episode. Yeah. Is this a lost episode? No. No. Are you kidding? This is quality. Gold. Platinum. So I thank Matthew Welch. Do we have somebody? Wrote this? Yeah. I don't. I don't have somebody that wrote this. We, I, we've I already given I them so much. I do. What is it? Barack. Who's saying? Come on, really? Obama. Yeah. Barry. What about Barry? Gave a speech in Boston. Not even Boston. Dorchester. How do you heathens? The Jot. We call it the Jot. Fucking Dorchester. What are you talking about? Who? Oh, was that? Was that? Was it at the uh, the JFK thing? There? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's a fucking library up there. Yeah. James fucking Taylor opened for it. Oh my god! Whenever you I have, see your smiling oh face, hats by myself. Can you cut? I it? love you. Can you what, cut his? What? I have no yes, idea I what's do. happening. <laughs> Is he singing this in an urban way? Down, turn me inside out. I like. No. It. I like it. Yeah. Wow. There's something about you, baby. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is just gone. And isn't a million of men like me? Oh, God. Seriously, you gotta stop it. Yeah, we shouldn't be saying Oh, my God. This is like that's the not, Lusitania of episodes. <laughs> crashing into the sea. Wow. Well, we're just, we're just gonna cut this out. We'll cut no, this out and put it right in front. I'm sorry, you were doing your some idiot wrote this. We'll, we yeah. won't, we won't, we won't completely derail this episode. Barack Obama was uh, uh, was celebrated by Chris Matthews and others for his quote American eloquence. Yeah. Unquote. Sort of thing that sends a thrill down your leg. In uh, talking, can't believe the eloquence. He's yelling. Some of the eloquence. So articulate. Where's my wife? <laughs> I'm spitting everywhere. It's weird. Uh, we need to cut the last ten minutes. Of this episode. <laughs> no, and no. put it at the front. This yes, is, yes, exactly right in the front. Um, no, and, and he and uh, he was uh, celebrated because he was defending uh, Obamacare, and he was and he was given the Profile and Courage Award by the Kennedy Center. Obviously, for, uh, what for plagiarized books. Uh, <laughs> uh, by the way, it's not an Obama thing. Profiles encourage Ted Sorensen wrote. Anyway, continue. And uh, as part of that, he uh, said that, uh, you know, he wants to remember. Of course, he, he prefaced this as Obama always does. He said, hey, we have to be able to confront our own dogmas, our own kind of prejudices as we go through in this life. And I just hope that my friends in Congress realize that it takes a lot of courage to actually stand up for the sick and the infirm uh, out there. Uh, and Ugh, when, God, I hate the sick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so annoying. And uh, those coughs that won't and go. And also Ugh. to be able yeah, coughing. And he said this without like <laughs> blinking, without flinching in any noticeable way. Uh, and to be able to uh, stand up to speak the truth in the face of fear mongering about the uh, healthcare uh, law act. Yeah, yeah. And the the hypocrisy is palpable. Uh, in this case, I mean, the man won the 2013 PolitiFact Lie of the Year for the way that he sold his own healthcare uh, package here. And as just a matter of kind of like practical, crass political fact, it takes zero courage for a Democratic 
politician right now to oppose the crappy uh, American health care so act. Bad. Um, it, yeah. it does. Nobody wants it um, in the country for the most part, but certainly among Democrats. Even the people who voted for it. Even the people who voted for it. No, I, I have a piece up at recent uh, with uh, with the Freedom Caucus people who did vote for it, uh, talking about it. So Justin Amash and Mark Sanford and these people and their arguments in favor of it are so incredibly underwhelming. In the case of Mark Sanford, it comes down to um, we're doing this because the uh, you know we should give the Senate an opportunity to debate the issue. It's like, you know what? You aren't in the Senate. You're kind of in the House. You vote on it. Yeah. Is, he, it's is, good. He, uh, is he still with that broad there, the Brazilian? I know. I think, I think they broke up, right? I think it broke up, yeah. Oh, that's really Did cool. I ever tell the story about meeting Mark Sanford and his uh, Brazilian mistress? Did you meet her too? On the train? It was amazing. Like on the New York subway. I'll tell you the story after we finish. That's, do you know how disappointing that is? To, I know. Okay, can you say it? I know. I'll tell you next, next week. Time. Give us the, I'll yeah. tell you next week. Will you say it for next week? Yeah, right. yeah. I, if you guys don't want yeah. to know this amazing story, I but, would say, but no, no, you tell us. Yeah, yeah. When okay. we go to yeah. the bar. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, Let's exactly. Go. We're gonna, like, you don't need to go to the bar though. Yeah. You well, need, no, you no. need to get in the cab. <laughs> I'll go. Um, no, he, we should. Get we should the, get out of the water. Wait, we should get we, out of here. We finished that, right? What? Yeah, Barack no, Obama kind of stinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was great. Wow. This was great. Literally just. Yada, yada, your story. No, yada, I was poo pooing myself. Yeah, I was yeah. poo pooing myself. Not you're really. probably gonna poo poo yourself <laughs> if you're gonna <laughs> drink. <laughs> poo poo myself. Yeah, that is gross. Yeah, okay, um, yeah. I'll tell you what's not gross: spending time with you, gentlemen. Love That's you guys. Right. This was this was great. The worst. I feel so so much I hope better I never about myself. See you again. You um, I want to want to thank uh, Matt Welch and Michael Moynihan for being here. He had to read uh, that. I want to thank the very good people at Hangar Studios here in New York and give them a plug. Thanks to Dan Beer for. Uh, for the the excellent work, and if Scott did. Ross Could've is still listening, harder. I was about to to make a Foster Brooks reference. <laughs> Tweeted about it, Scott Ross. He listens there in London. They got Dude. they got the internet over there now, and he's listening on the show there. So thanks for listening, so, yeah. Scott. So thanks to everybody for tuning in, you dick. Thanks to uh, Parker uh, Sawyer's, who is the kid who played Obama, like young Obama, in that thing with uh, Michelle. O it's like he's meeting and dating Michelle. I don't know what that movie is called. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. Yeah, yeah. But the kid like plays Obama. Oh, somehow really? or another, we're I know the like guy following who made the, each other the guy on who Twitter. Made that movie. And I don't know why. Did you Did you hit him up? Uh, I don't know. I will. I'm, yeah, hit maybe him I'll up. hit him up after this. But I thanks seen to the him because he's following I, me on Twitter yeah. and I'm following him back. Yeah. We'll talk about that. So cool. Um, next week, yo, come to the debate. Come see us. Come say hello. May sixteenth. Witness the greatness. It's next Tuesday. I guess that's May 16th. Also, I got an extra ticket for this future concert. If you want to go, what day? let me know. Um, it's uh, Thursday. Oh, my God. Thursday of next week. And you're not a libertarian with autism. It's front front row center. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's yeah. going to be so amazing. Like, uh, got married to I don't know. I'm, in love with that. <laughs> I'm singing everything. Um, all right, we're gone. Cut it. We Later. We know of new methods of attack. Trojan Horse, the fifth column.